The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman that you are really hired Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host for the, tonight, uh, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter and. Uh, Instagram, I guess, if you want to follow me on to post there that often. But you can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter, uh, News Nerds Need Reddit, uh, CB Caps on Instagram. And with me tonight, Brooklyn's Finest. I'm not going to even believe it, but um, the man who reps it all, our man in legal, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Sup, everybody? Give yourself some applause too. I mean, you know. All right, applause. <laughs> Come on, man. Can't be stingy with the sound effects for yourself. And uh, not with us tonight uh, for their various personal reasons is uh, PCN underscore Dirt. Who you can find him at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. You can also find him at PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com, I need Comics.com, that new toysmail.com, uh, and whatever that Vine thing is going to be shortly coming. I should say new Vine alternative because it's not Vine's not coming back, folks. It's dead. Uh, it's kind of amazing. I'm like, I thought we would have seen it already, but uh, I guess it's still relatively early in the year. Pretty much, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. I guess they're waiting till actual spring or something. Which right. nowadays, who knows when that's going to be, given the global warming. Um, but and also not with us tonight. TMDODG98 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter. The CB, uh, excuse me, the Click Nation on Twitter. Also, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N. Uh, Theclicknation.com. Also, comic resources. Go over there and check out his stuff. Right, he's writing his face off. And as we do every week, uh, about this time, we come at you live, nine-ish or so p.m. Sometimes. Sometimes. There you go. <laughs> more times not than than ortho, but uh, we record live Thursday nights, live ish nine ish so p.m. You can find us on the CSPN uh, com- the podcast network. What is going on tonight? CSPN.us. You Do it go- today. Exactly. You'll be joining us soon. All that good. Jo- oh, uh, you can also subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. And SoundCloud, uh, you can just go to the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page, and of course Spotify, which I, might sound slightly narcissistic, but I don't mean it to be. I have not actually checked out the the, the Spotify uh, listing. It's pretty cool. So I, I, it's yeah, definitely cool that we're we're finally on there. So that's dope. But go check it out there. You can do that, so we don't have to give us a rating. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, five stars on iTunes. I mean, you know, you know, if you love us, if you don't love us, four stars. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as we do every week about this time, we're gonna get into the comic books of the week. And we're going to start off with uh, the events book of the week, which is has it has been for the last five weeks. Avengers: No Road Home, and number five. All right. So you know, I I appreciate the brevity of this book. You mean how it's kind of it's kind of moving very yeah. moving along? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of brisk. I, I I I'm I'm appreciating it. Like we're not in well, it, well, I'm being a weekly book. It it, it has that advantage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, it's not like some other event book that's been taking years and years. <laughs> I think that one's a little bit more. Uh, what's funny about that about the comparison about the one that that seems to be taking forever is that um, uh, I think this one is a little bit lighter in tone and. Mm. Um, and it's not a line wide. Well, I guess that was not either, but still, it's not a line wide. What I was going to say is, I think there's a little bit better division of labor because there's lots of, um, you know, there's lots of uh, heads working in the, you know, there's lots of chefs in the kitchen on this one, and it's yes. actually not a bad thing. Yes. You know, yeah. they're able to get together and put and put out this weekly event, and it's pretty, you know, and it's coming along very, um, it's very concise in its storytelling. And that's yeah. another way to put it. Yes. So, um, basically, in this issue, this is, I guess, if you have not been reading the solicits or, you know, checking out the news that we've been bringing it out, you know this is, one, this is the halfway point. Uh, right. And two, we get to a point to where there's um, a new challenger will appear. And the fact does, at the end of this issue... Um, and this book, which basically means that this issue seems like, hey, this is how we get from here to there. Right. And, exactly. Uh, and this is, um, you know, Scarlet Witch is basically doing an narration on this, which also makes sense since why we know what's coming, what's coming, but we don't know how it gets from there to there. Uh, you know, there was a fight for one of the stones, which ended up being, you know, Passed off like a football. Right. <laughs> right. So just as a quick recap for, for those of you who aren't as caught up as we are on this event. So as as Ryder Cat said, we're halfway home. So the chase is still on for these uh, for these stones, the darkness, basically, that Nyx, the, the Greek god of darkness and, 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 and whatnot, is uh, is chasing. Um, A.K.A. And, the, the, the parts of our soul, quote, unquote. Right. Right. So, you know, there's there's lots of cool little things that the Avengers come up with to try to uh, you know, play keep away. And as and as um, you know, Roddy Cat was uh was alluding to is that there are instances where um, you know, there there is a handoff, um, but also an instance where one of um Nix's children is like an abject failure, but <laughs> also in the, in the, um, and gets in dealt the, with uh, hilarious. In the, exactly. In the face of overwhelming brute force and can kind of <laughs> figure out who I'm referring to here. If you know the characters that are participating in this, in this book. Mm-hmm. 
do kind of love and it, this the other thing that this event kind of shows off is like even in desperate small disparate smaller groups as the Avengers are broken up into they still work well as a team sure even you know like you know classic Avengers are like hey one doesn't necessarily know what doesn't actually have to know what the other is doing but they but they could pick up on it real quick even in the the, the cases where you got a character like Voyager who's mm-hmm is and is not technically a an avenger right you know even though she you know she went through that whole she has uh, inserted herself ordeal, into exactly the whole ordeal with no surrender right you know it's it's it you know makes things a little difficult to to really see her um as part of the team but uh but yeah you know without spoiling too much you know if you if you're familiar with any of the solicitations any of the um previews for what's upcoming in um, in the series, you know that there is a certain licensed character that is coming in. <laughs> yes, that one one that has the two or three other books of their own. You know, um, which actually the 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 on that character, um, this the the last page of the book, or more specifically after the last page of the book, where they have a, like a um, it's not a letters column, but they basically I mean, afterward, yeah, yeah. Um, they they basically have an afterword on it, and they talk about this character, which we're going to spoil it right now. Conan the Barbarian, sure, um, shows up, which Marvel just got the license back to, and they're are using it heavily. But this page basically says that, uh, and I think it was Zup that was talking. Yeah, it's Jim Zup, uh, and he was mentioning that Conan is basically the Wolverine before Wolverine, <laughs> which the way Marvel's handling him is probably more true. Is as true, if not more true, right now than it has ever been. Especially like mm-hmm. he's got two books already, and it's going to be in another, and going to be in an Avengers book, you know, and he, including you know some of the mentions that was, some of the uh, people that were mentioned. Well, I say quote unquote Avengers because I don't think it's going to be official team, but nonetheless, you know, like the way they're treating them is basically how they have treated been treating Wolverine back in the nineties, and like again, the last year or two. With, with well, the, you know, he's the 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 way Zub puts it is that he's the savage template for yeah. all of these kind of bad to the bone, you know, um, moral gray area characters. So. Yeah, and I was like, and I thought about that when he said like that's true, and that just gave me a, and I'm like, oh, that made me kind of sad because <laughs> I, I I don't it's, it's not that I don't like the character, and it's not that I don't like Wolverine. It's just that oh my god, enough is enough. Like it's know. not so much. I was about to say, but it's not so much Wolverine because you remember when the Punisher was oversaturated or Deadpool, Electra, or right, Electra was kind of oversaturated when they were trying to push the books around the time, like mm-hmm. just before uh, the um, the unfortunate Jennifer Garner movie. <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, like the you know, like the kind of like the the, the grim and gritty Marvel characters, I yeah, guess. Marvel you know, yeah. Conan was the precursor, and we're not talking Conan O'Brien. Um, no, we are not. So ultimately, what we have is you know, I what what I what my notes remind me is that you know we finally figure out how Conan lives and fits into the story, and you know it it makes sense because Kinda. you know we're dealing with. You know, we're dealing with mythology, we're dealing with swords and sorcery, so you know what? Who else to drop in but a barbarian? Well, it was it was a simple, like I said, it was like, well, they could have like, okay, yeah, they could have threw, threw it into the savage lane and used Khazar, or they could have been like, I don't know, just threw him anywhere and use 
any number of other characters and places, I, I suppose. But since, like, hey, we got this license, we might as well just go ahead and integrate him with... And, and granted, this is not Conan's... If I'm not mistaken, this is not Conan's first time, uh, one, at Marvel, and two, dealing with the Avengers. Yeah, you're right on both on both uh, on both counts. I think. Yeah, because um, I, I vaguely remember reading something about that latter part. Right. So. So what's kind of cool about this, and and you know, just just to quickly wrap the conversation on mm. this the discussion, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, it's it's just nice that you know the Greek pantheon has already been a part of Marvel Comics for so long. And it's so weird that this is just being unearthed now and it's just being kind of mined for new material and different characters now. Mm. And then you, you you throw in, you know, like you were saying, you throw in the recaptured license of Conan the Barbarian. It's kind of like, you know what, let's all, you know, it's for some reason it feels fresher than it should. I, you know, I guess that's the sort of the, 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 the gist that I've got so far is that even though it's still kind of, um, you know, uh, I've, I've I've complained that the story you know is a little too on the nose for Infinity Gauntlet style stuff you know like chase the stones get the stones before the bad guys get them mm. and reunite a little bit of a contest them to do in there too things, but yeah you know right uh, but uh, you know at the end of the day it's 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 it feels like it's refreshing to me because it's characters that seem to be naturally part of the marvel universe but we really haven't seen much of i'm not talking about conan but talking about the the the, the, the darker uh side of the the greek pantheon so right i feel like the, i still main well i still kind of feel like the conan part is kind of tacked on because they didn't necessarily have to use them but nevertheless i'm like, sure you know, sure why not like right, they had rocket in here and he has nothing to do with the avengers at all but you know it's a tie-in to, to, uh, to Infinity War and Endgame, sort of. which we'll talk about in a little. Well, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that, but I mean that aside, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I guess. And also, he's on Earth, so. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they had to actually. I'm like, we, oh, I know. We could. He didn't show up in Fantastic Four. They're not, just, you know, or Champions, which that would be hilarious. Sure. Um, but regardless, it is what it is. So I'm not, you know, whatever they they make use of him. I believe what are we good? We're, we're good with that. Yeah, we're good on that. Okay, we will go and um, hit up the new number one of the week. Uh, well, one of the two number ones of the week, I should say, and I think the other one I'll probably say for for rapid fire. But the magnificent Ms. Marvel has restarted. Well, not restarted, but just first of this lane. But what you know what I'm saying. Right. It's yeah. It's a brand new number one in a new volume of a Miss Marvel book, mm-hmm. and I thought this was a solid start. It wasn't like you know jaw dropping, but you have to remember that uh, the character has been around for a couple of volumes now, and and she's got a lot of t- <coughs> excuse me time in Champions as well. So we've definitely got a lot of places to see the character grow and develop, mm. and it was kind of nice to see a number one that does cater to a new reader that does cater to someone who's just picking this up who is inspired maybe by the cartoons by the captain marvel movie by something that says you know what i want to try a a new number one that has kamala khan in it bam here it is right on the shelf 
And I know and that stores probably any... ordered heavy on this because, yeah. you know, it's a number one for 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 starters. I don't know two. about heavy, but I, I would like to, I would like to hope they did some decent. They would they threw in some decent numbers because I mean there are some people there are some people that are still on there. Well, we don't need this character. Blah blah blah. Right, 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 right. Well, I yeah. Listen, any anything with uh, anything with these new and slightly updated versions of characters, I know that there's uh, lots of negative negativity online. Hmm. But I can also say just from my own personal anecdote. Obviously, it's anecdotal experience, and obviously. It's core five borough NYC experience, but the comic book stores that I see have plenty of you know plenty of uh, uh, supply of this selling you know oh, selling sure. out on Wednesday. So yeah, you know they definitely had you know and it's you know and and it's not a terrible thing that you have a book like this a number one issue and you order a little bit heavy on it and it sits around and um people who are looking to catch up though they can easily pick it up off the shelf without yeah. having to dig into the back issues yeah i mean miss marvel's one of my favorite i mean you are i feel confident in saying yours too sure favorite newer characters so um no absolutely yeah. absolutely so you know so she she deserves it she does she just loves a little bit of right. but get into the book itself um like you you kind of pretty much set it off like yeah there's it's not you know, totally much that happens here but there's a couple of things that, that kind of get um pointed at to going forward um right. and it does it does a fairly decent job in the beginning of catching up new readers speaking of that point because you have a nice little talk with uh, um a long standing side character uh, of the book you know and they're using that as a catch up and then we we pivot to um you know Kamala going home which that this is the part where it kind of was like I'm sure this is going to come up at some point fairly soon. Even you know with what happened at the the, the outset of this issue, I'm like so Kamala goes home, and then a revelation happens. Twitter, I almost forgot that it was like wait there was a character who didn't that didn't yeah. necessarily know that didn't know because I knew one half of her parents knew, but I didn't know the other. I totally forgot that the other half did not know that she sure. was Miss Marvel. And that came out to this, which seemed like out of nowhere, but obviously there's going to be, you know, something going on about it. And then it even hints to something else possibly with that character mm-hmm. uh, going on. And then it just kind of goes into whatever. And I'm not going to say maybe uncharacteristic, because, you know, we, we know Kamala can be a little bit of a... Um, a rebellious team? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but to the point that she was in this book, to in this issue was like, okay, that seems a little bit much for her. But then again, if if I think back a little bit, I'm pretty sure it's like, nah, this kind of falls in line. It's, it's right. It, what's funny about that is it, it kind of touches on what I was saying earlier is that we, we see Kamala in, in other books and there's other places for her to continue her development outside of her own solo title. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we're not 100% sure um, if this is the same voice that we're seeing in other books, but ultimately, in a way, it is. But yeah, exactly. I think that maybe we haven't really seen uh, this aspect yet, and I like that um, Saladin Ahmed, who's taken over the character and, and, and starting on this book, um, kind of picked up on this particular plot point and just jumped right into it mm-hmm. and just said, "All right, boom." But then there's a cliffhanger ending that that turns it on its head. Right, and which may tie into what the um, 
the framing sequence at the beginning of the book sets up as well, mm-hmm. which is a definite tease that um, Kamala's going to go into space on her own at some point. Yeah, that, well, that seemed like a space and time thing, so I don't know. Yeah, th- there's going to be some sort of journey one way or another with that. Um, right, I think... I definitely think there's going to be something, you know, more deep space ish. Mm. Um, because I think, I think Ahmed says it in, uh, yeah, Ahmed says it in the, um, the back page. Yeah. The, the, the letters page, you know, like the intro letters page. Mm-hmm. He says it himself. He, he mentions something about the depths of Cree space. Right. Which so, makes sense considering she's, Inhuman and you know, mm-hmm. ten, part Korea, I guess, in, in that sense. Right. Um, so yeah, so that is it. Like I said, just a pretty good start. Was here what's going. I, I've I've said this before. You know, it's hard to see G Willow off this book, but I think it's pretty much in good hands with uh, Solid and Ahmed. So hopefully, that I think he, so too. He gets the well, yeah, let's he gets hope. The yeah, I was to about to say, let's hope. What were you saying? I said, hopefully he gets a chance to bear that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so, and I hope that um, he's. Uh, I think he's got a good handle on what makes this character good. So my hope is that he's able to expand on that. Right. Oh, and I guess the, the only other thing I'm gonna say is before, before we can move on, there, there's an aspect that we were talking about a little earlier that we will probably see again in Champions. Not thinking about it, given what happened last, and you know, the last. Oh, issue sure. And what we know is probably coming. Um, so that being to say, so we're going to move on to another book. Um, I don't know. Well, I know we've read a couple of things to, on the side. I want to see if you read something because if you did and you did not. So what I didn't tell you um, going into this, because I had read a, a decent sized books, but they some kind of way. So behind the scenes, a couple of the books started rolling into kind of had themes that rolled into the other books. Okay. Or something. It, at the very least, did and in this case, um, like I read Shuri first. Oh, then, okay. And I then skimmed Ms. Marvel because you know, right? I skimmed Shuri because I understood that uh, you know I understood what had happened. I, I'm just behind, but it this seemed like a good place to jump on. So I skimmed it. I can talk about it. Okay, sweet. Then we'll talk about Shuri number six. Which, if, if had we done this in another order, probably would have, you know. Whatever, but doesn't matter. Uh, Shuri number six. So, Shuri is in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, in fact, yeah, she's... Under so she, cloak. Well, yeah. So, yeah, she's flying there under under a cloak uh, uh, panther ship. Right. Uh, because uh, she's investigating something. Right. The stuff that she's been basically... So, yeah, so... Uh, uh, in the beginning of the arc of this book, there was this big space cricket that that uh, that she was fighting in outer space when she was there, and that's where she re- met Rocket and Groot. Uh, and that space cricket ended up following her back to Earth and causing some havoc in the last couple of issues since then. And now she's trying to check down this same space cricket, which is called a lubber, and I don't know, call it a cricket or a grasshopper, whatever. But um, the space 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 but that's causing. or something in here. Um, you can tell that Roddy Cat is in a warmer climb. I know, right? It's like, jeez. I ain't trying to get bit. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, not cutting that out. 
So anyway, like I said, Shuri's so Shuri's um trying to find this creature so she can send it back and uh and she's following the black holes that it is leaving in its wake, and that brings us to why she's in uh New York, because her readings have brought her so she, but apparently she she comes in well, she doesn't, but apparently there has been similar stuff that's been giving out said black holes and they and one of which they found uh that uh one Miles Morales Spider Man is dealing with at the beginning of this book. And that's how she ends up meeting Miles Morales, which I could have sworn at some point in time they may have met before, but apparently not. This definitely felt like a a, a new meeting. Yeah. Because I, I get a kick and I know that um <laughs> I know that Miles can't be happy about this, about uh, about being referred to as the other Spider-Man or the junior Spider-Man. Right. Or I think in this one was the, the bootleg Spider-Man. Not only, well, that... Was that in this? That was in this, yes. Okay. And not only so, that, but he gets... But she, yeah, but she calls him Spider-Boy. Right, and that's not very, you know, that's not very um, good for but, the ego. Yeah, but she apologized later, and and he's like, you know, because he even says it in this book, he was like, you know, I I am happy to be not as famous as the as the other guy, but you know, <laughs> and, and, but can like, still, yeah, but, but still, but still can you know still can get his props. He's like, yeah, I know. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so much easier when um. A slot had moved uh, Peter out of New York, mm-hmm. you know, to do like the globe trotting thing. Well, obviously that story ended. So yes. Um, but anyway, from what I remember um, of this book, and I'm pulling it up now, is that uh, the the characters find themselves having to trace um, uh, the black hole uh, radiation, the black hole phenomena across the river into. The uh, the great state of New Jersey. Yes, to a familiar hall of academic uh, prowess that we know of from another character's book, which we just talked about. Right. So what's funny about this is that there is the appearance of a villain that was kind of out of the blue. It was definitely not related yeah. to the the Shuri, uh, the, the 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 I guess the alien character totally. that we had seen in the first arc injury but at the same time like okay it kind of makes sense because now to think of like i have there's been a couple of older or older villains that have popped up in this book like moses magnum has shown up uh was the was the villain of last issue okay so stuff like that has kind of happened but yeah but this particular version that shows up in this which they, they they do reference the fact that has shown up in west coast avengers as of recent mm-hmm so they do acknowledge that part, but yeah, you're right. It was like oh, that's kind of out of blue for for him to be here. <laughs> and we are talking about one classic, I guess you could say, Wacko's villain in the name of Graviton. Thank you, Graviton. Yep. In case the bell uh, stepped over uh, Roddy's vocals, um, yeah. So so Graviton shows up, and Graviton can basically take on an entire Avenger squad. And so on uh, it's always it's always funny to see these villains who you know are faced with like a bunch of street level characters and well not that she's a street level character she's sort of an in-betweener right um, um and you know 
when we talk about characters venturing over into the great state of New Jersey, um, we have to talk about the protector of Jersey City. Yes. Who shows up who, at the last page? Right. Yeah. just talking about. Exactly. Which, like I said, if, if, if this had gone in another order, that would have been perfect. But, um, which has nothing to do with her, her number one, but still. Mm-hmm. But, uh, which, again, if you haven't been following Solicit or the news, and I'm pretty certain we had a news article about this saying that, hey, this was going to happen. Uh, it is worth noting that this issue and the next issue, which the team up is happening in, is not being um, written by the the writer Nadia Korofor, but by um, Vida Ayala. Ayala? Yeah, I apologize. I don't want to hate pushing people's names. So I apologize about that. Who you may or may not know, but I know she's uh, writing live wire over at, at um, Valiant now, and she, you know she's been getting a little bit of buzz lately. So, so good her out, good on her. And Paul Davison, which is a name I'm not familiar with, is doing art, which okay. kind of shows because like there are some differences in art from the normal art. That's like, huh, weird. Like even when Miss Marvel comes in at the last page, it was like she doesn't kind of she looks don't. There's part of her that doesn't necessarily look like her, you know, like, or it could be an older version of her. I don't know. It's just like, but that's just a weird art thing in in some of the uh, cases. But regardless, I enjoyed this. This is a particular uh, click of the week. The the uh, team up between um, you know Shuri and Miles, and actually it brings up another thing because. Miles being a, a legacy character, and so is uh, Miss Marvel. And so is Shuri. Exactly, which, which is what I was going to bring up. Because so, I never actually thought about Shuri as a legacy character, even though she technically is, because, you know, she is, uh, you know, she's the Black Panther sister. She has taken up the mantle of, and quite possibly may end up doing it again while she's off doing whatever is in this other book, has taken up the mantle of, of Black Panther. Right. Uh, so she. She absolutely is, but like I said, I rarely, rarely ever actually think about her like that. So, and this kind of brought that to light because, like I said, her both her and Miles being both legacy characters, they have to realize that they have, you know, they're in the shadows of their peers and or siblings. You know, they come to it; they definitely came to an understanding early on. Oh uh, yeah, they definitely have that in common. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a it's a tall, long shadow that both of those characters cast, mm-hmm. and they both so. note that. And and kind of was like, and I think Miles makes the point of saying, "Was luckily we we can you know we cook kick butt in our own different in our own ways, different sure. from the different from the from our peers." So which is right. cool. So like I said, Speak, I, I was about to say, speaking of that, <laughs> yes. Did you want to wrap up the your any thoughts on that? Uh yeah, no, we're good. Okay. I was going to transition to Amazing Spider-Man number there 17. That's See? another book that we both read. Speaking of, um, you know, one of the primary characters that are casting these long See? shadows See, for the legacy characters. You see how this stuff rolls together? I like it. Anyway. So, so this was a lot of fun. This is a potential click of the week for me. Yeah. This is the first chapter of the Hunted, the first proper chapter the first, thank of the yeah. storyline. You know, no prequel chapters, no, <laughs> no HU. Although apparently there's yeah. three other there's HU. There's no fight on Geonosis. There's right. no. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no road to. Well, actually, technically, it was what well, the last issue was the the road to. I guess the right. But right. yeah, so yeah, there's been there's been lead up to this. There's been plenty of setup. 
This and there's going to be problem. apparently three more. Like I was saying, there's going to be three more of those HU uh, issues coming up from according to the back of the, the book. Sure. So, um, the opening of the book harkens back to, and I've got my to put on the shelf. Um, I've seen it online, but um, the framing sequence before the credits roll in the book is essentially a reimagining of the framing sequence from Craven's Last Hunt by J.M. DeMattis and uh, Mike Zek. Yes. From back in the day. And obviously that is where, what the story is basically a solid kind of part two of. Um, it's a solid continuation. So the opening framing sequence harkens back to that. And for fans who have not yet read that, that you is definitely really, stands yeah. up, it stands the test of time. Yeah, it is one of, I can read that. It is definitely one of the more classic uh, and classic uh, Spidey arcs that you know you should definitely read right. if you're a fan. It's, it's collected in plenty of places. I'm pretty sure it's collected digitally. Um, yeah. But there's plenty of trade, you know, there's plenty of versions of the trades out there. You know, that trade has almost never gone out of print, to be, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. You know, since it came out, because it's, it's always run. been available. Mm-hmm. Um, now, except for that being the, the said, so there is also stuff that comes like a little bit later. Like, for example, spoiler alert, when Craving comes back. If you haven't read Craven's Last Hunt, then I'm not going to spoil the end of that. But regardless, he Craven goes away for a little while. Sure, and he ends up, he ends up coming back at, at some right. point. And they actually recap. I can't remember what it. See, because I've read, I caught up on the last few issues of Amazing, uh, actually this afternoon. So some of the stuff might run together. Um, and they kind of go into him, you know, him coming back and. They, right. they they reference uh, that and they reference that and you know and yeah they reference how I mean they basically fill in the the gaps of how Raven come a uh, Craven comes back and is yeah, Raven's another book uh, we'll get to later <laughs> right how Craven comes back and is um and it, how how he gets from that point to where we are now right because where we are now is a is definitely a much different place. It's definitely a craven who has a plan that's always very dangerous. And um, there also are a bunch of story beats that are um, very familiar to anyone who read Craven's Last Hunt. And even Spidey recognizes it. And that's the best exactly. part. Actually, right. I don't, and Spidey, well, and again, go, harking back to another issue pri- pri- prior to this, I think anybody who's kind of been on the case of this, like Felicia. Uh, black mm-hmm. the black cat kind of was like, well, shoot, I know where this is going because you know, right? But yeah, right. But it, you know, but it opens in a very similar way to uh, the original Craven uh, Craven's Last Hunt story because you know there's the matter of Spidey not being a hundred percent. There's the matter of um, you know being you know if not under the weather, definitely not at tip top shape, and then being brought low. Because of some other things that Craven does, right? And ultimately, all that stuff plays out. But I like what I like about this is that there's a B story. The B story in this is uh, some black cat centric storyline, which storytelling, right? Which we also know who's getting her own book uh, in the coming months. So it's kind of fun that 
Um, it's not, listen, it's not as dramatic, it's not as raw as the original Craven's Last Hunt, mm-hmm. but I like that, you know, what I what my notes say is basically, you know, it's a solid start to the to Spencer's homage to Craven's Last Hunt. It lacks the haunting spare dialogue by J.M. DeMattis and the haunting visuals by Mike Seck, but it's not a bad follow-up because... You know, it's telling a different story. It's telling, you know, it's going in very different. It's going in a very different direction, right? And it's not as, at least at this point, it's not as dark. But obviously, we're only just starting, right? And it's, this one seems a little more grandiose to start too, sure. Because if you know, Crazy Last Hunt, it starts not slow, but it it has a pace, sure. And it also had. What a total of three books going between that it was going between at the time. It was crossing. It was crossing between Amazing Web and Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. So that there is there is also that difference there. Um. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a bit of a grandiose start. Which I was like, oh, all right. I I wasn't sure where this was going coming into it, but I was like, all right, sure, all right. I, I, yeah, I, it's a big scale. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of characters yes. in play in this. There's a lot of them. Yes. Uh, I, so we will say, just to put a little bit on this, so there's a hunt, it's Craven. There's uh, the last couple of issues, if we haven't been kept keeping up, um, Craven has had Taskmaster and Black Ant hunting down animal themed uh, felons. For what purpose we did not know until this issue. Um, and also, in a nice little tie back to. Um, uh, um, Secret, not secret. Uh, secret Empire. <laughs> a certain, um, a certain implement is being used to kind of house, um, <laughs> to kind of house this thing. That, oh, sure. This, this hunt, which I'm like, you would know better than I would. I know Central Park is fairly big. Is, is yeah. It, yeah. Is, is, is it big enough to? to, 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 to oh, I guess. It, it is. It yeah. is. I mean, there's, you know, Central Park is multiple acres. Like, we're talking not, it's not a small place. Right. So, for something like this, where, you know, if they're able to, you know, put up basically a dome over it, that's pretty, you know, that's a pretty imposing amount of ground for these characters to cover. Some would say a Thunderdome. Ah, that's, yeah, listen, that's definitely a thought. You know, and it's it's interesting. You know, one of the things that you I I I, I remember seeing in your uh, your notes is that uh, one of the things that uh, the the Craven the Craven offs do. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. Um, I did ring the bell on this, if I'm not mistaken, you but did, just in yes. case. Spoiler alert: um, Craven is not alone. No, he's uh, not. Craven has many characters on his side. One is a clone son. We'll call him Boba Fett. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> One, another is a classic, or some would, some would argue, a classic X-Men villain. Yes. Who and is he, not in his own world. Right. He's architect. He's basically the architect of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's these characters that are kind of setting this entire scheme up. And at first, what we have, and what I didn't realize until I read the, the afterword, which is um, the first thing that is unleashed upon 
these animal themed villains and Spidey who has been put back into his black costume. Which that part was like, wait, how did that, when that, when did that, well, not when, but how did that happen? Because we saw when he gets dragged into this, like, mm. but like, wait, if that's the case, someone knows his identity, unless, like, how did he get, how did, whoever, somebody had to dress him in that thing. Right. Well, there's two things that I, I wanted to just uh, finish up the thought hmm. um, that I had, which is uh, the, the first thing that all these characters face are robots. I didn't think they were robots until I read the afterword. Right. Um, but you know, basically, it's a set of arcade robots going after them. That's that's which one. now makes a little bit more sense. But at so, but yeah, going into it, you're like, well, okay, there's these other people that are kind of in play that right. are suggested to be, you know, a part of it. Right. right. And two, this is another callback. The the changing of the costume is kind of um, it, it's kind of a callback to Craven's Last Hunt because if you recall, um. Actually, you know what? Come to think of it, he was, you know, spo- mild spoiler for a 20-plus-year-old story. Totally in a black suit. Um, I think he was buried in the black suit. I don't know if he ever unmasked him, come to think of it. No. You know what? Actually, no. I don't think he did then. But it, but going into this, he was not in the black suit. And the, right. and the suit he was in was, was getting torn up. Right. And then he, he got miraculously changed or somehow changed into the, the black suit. Right. My which, guess is that Craven put on, on you know, the, 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 the younger Craven put it on him. But still, but, but just yeah. to set it up. Or I, and the I, younger Craven wouldn't have any reference. But he would still know who he was. Or he would have seen it, but yeah, he wouldn't know offhand. Right. He wouldn't have the same reference that Craven the Elder would. Right. And matter of fact, that could come, that could have that was the case. Like, hey, I changed the suit and I seen his face, uh, Dad. Right. Um, hey, what's it? unless which I have it a might theory. Be a plot point later, maybe, maybe, uh, or which is another theory that I had because we know black cats, black cats in play. Uh, maybe she was the one who dressed him, which that seems I don't know, doesn't seem as likely, given that she's right. also kind of a kind of a hostage, but right. Seems more plausible than like, hey. Either way, it doesn't I, seem plausible, but it might be a minor point that may not even have any legs. But still, sure. it was just like I was like, that seems yeah, that seems like something that should come up if it didn't. Uh, well, that being Spidey's wondering about it. That's enough. <laughs> I would. Well, he doesn't. Well, yeah, he did definitely. Yeah, he kind of. He didn't have like time. How, he didn't have time. Right, right, to, uh, right. Dwell on it because uh, yeah, as soon as he woke up, on, yeah, as right. soon as he woke up, everything started jumping off. So yeah, which um, like you said, I'm sure should be a, could possibly be a plot point. So I think we'll run that one out. Um, I think the only other thing I was saying is like in my catching up to this, I noticed that um, what was it? Amazing Spider-Man 16HU, I believe, had an end credit scene. Or was it sixteen to seven? Was it sixteen or sixteen point uh, HU? One of them two had an end credit scene, which was kind of which was funny to me. I'm like, they did this, huh? All right, cool. Because you see, uh, like I said, the the one of those issues ended, and then you had the letters page, and then right after that, I was like, oh wait, here's another panel. I mean, here's another page. So I thought that was kind of uh, amusing. Anyway, that is that. Um, we shall move on to. You got one. Let's see, oh, I've only got a few this week. Um, I and think I th- we both read Tony Stark Iron Man number nine. 
We did, and just like you did with uh, Sherry, I kind of skimmed that one. So yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about that. Right. I mean, very very quickly, and this is the same. It's the same criticism I've had for this book, and I I, I remember Tim Dog ninety eight saying this was boring. And I agree in the sense that it's taking a long time for Slot to make this escape story pay off because there's so it's an allegory for so many things going on, hmm. you know, like in the real world, you know, with the with the with the v, you know, with like VR life and and the way pe- a lot of people use um, social media, mm-hmm. and it's just taking a long time for the story to pay off. You know, there's a deeper meaning behind the story, and, and there's actually possible ramifications because there's a teased quote unquote reveal. Yes. At the end, that's a that that kind of makes up a cliffhanger. So you know, there's a lot of stuff to this where you know it's a long time. You know, it, it's a long time for the story arc to really. Pay I mean, off. and to be and not, you know, one way or the other. Sometimes Slot likes to play a long game with some of his. Oh, he is. Stories. So this could be one of those. I'm not, you know, does not not making any excuses for it. And again, right. I haven't been reading this either. Like, I just so happened to, to see an article or two about this. I was like, let me check this book out and see what's up. Um, He's definitely playing the longest of games. And it's <laughs> taking forever. Yeah, which also could go back to the fact that, you know, Tony Stark and Iron Man as is, is a, is a, is a book, you know, sometimes you got to you gotta do some things to, in, in, in order. It's, there's going to be some slow moments. Sure. Um, and that being said, you know, like there's been some definite classic arcs and runs of, of the book mm-hmm. in the past, but you know, just All right. at a certain well, point. Well, if you have any other, yeah, if you have any other books that you want to t- speak in depth about, go ahead, and then we can start rapid fire. Yeah, um, the only other thing I was gonna say about Iron Man number nine is, hey, roller skate show up, <laughs> <laughs> classic <laughs> roller skate show up. So, and uh, and a couple of uh, amusing and, by a, Machine and an Man. old school Black Widow costume, right? So I was, I was like, like, "Oh my goodness, I haven't seen that in ages." Right? I was like, "Okay, this is this is hitting a couple of buttons here," but that was kind of amusing. And then uh, Machine Man actually, and Machine Man showing up in this one, uh, and right, you know, to bringing in a reacting, yeah, reacting to some of the stuff. It's like, including which which I found funny. Um, it's like, wait, your villains actually let you suit <laughs> sit there while you suit up, which is a trope that you know. If you've ever watched, like, say, uh, Power Rangers or any other, you know, any other superhero show that that has some, some kind of uh, transformation sequence or something, mm-hmm. like, or Voltron or something, it's like, wait, you're just going to sit there and let them, you know, let them just form up like that? And <laughs> I was about to say, what's funny about Voltron is I always thought they flew away from the battle to suit up, and not well, enough, not right. enough of the bad guys went after them. Right, like, come on, one will play shot. You like just not what? Which actually, in the new one, I think they may have played with at one point they, uh, uh, for an, an episode. But yeah, classically, I it was like so. I think yeah. so. But yeah, I was like, wow, they're just gonna let you just 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 suit up and, and get out of there, right? Like, so I thought that was a nice little reference. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I'll have one or two before we um, before we go into go ahead. Fire. Everything else for me is potentially uh potentially rapid fire sweet yeah it's somewhat same here i will say there's another matter of fact i'll do this uh, another number one book that just came out this week and that is transformers number one so as i say in my notes new book familiar faces new kid bot uh there's a bot who gets named for and 
gets referenced for sayings that they have. I'm not too crazy about the name of this bot. And I assume this bot is going to come up. And I don't know in the history of Transformers that this bot has ever been named before or has come up before. But uh, I am... And for my personal personal reasons, I'm not crazy about the name of this this because it kind of brings up something in the real you know in the real world that's a problem. Okay, may have may have may may have nothing to do with it, and it could be just me. But nevertheless, so this seems to be taking place before everything jumps off, before the war, before there was a Decepticons, apparently, before um, Orion Pax became Prime, even. Uh, so yeah, this is, so I'm thinking this is kind of a prequel to like the great war and all that comes about. So this is like probably millions of years back. Cause you know, Transformers have lo- are long days and they even say this in this book. So we start off with, uh, Bumblebee and this new kid bot who I feel like is going to end up being a Decepticon at some point when that, if, if, and, or when that jumps off in the course of, uh, this book, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how far, you know, ahead of the great war and or Decepticons, whatever. So we have that going on and they're trying to get to, um, someplace out in the, out and about to, to meet up with another, a transformer brainstorm, which some of you may, some of you may not know. And then Windblade, which is another character who was in the last few years, um, has, you know, has become a prominent, uh, prominent bot. Um, and then on the other side of this, you have a meeting between Megatron and, of course, like I said, Orion Pax, who is not Prime yet, uh, who may not be the leader of the Autobots. They look like they're both like senator types from from the looks of things, and they're quote unquote old friends, but the the, the their friendship seems tenuous at this point. Um. It's really slightly reminiscent of um, Battlestar, the new Battlestar Galactic, or the, the the last Battlestar Galactic, in that. Actually, I guess the classic one too, where it's, it's like, yeah, you got the leader, and then you got this other rebel leader who know each other and they're friends, but they're but they're, you know, they kind of butt heads at times. Like I'm and I'm sure there's another a couple other things I could I could uh, put along with that. But nevertheless, at this point, they are still some of what on some kind of ground to where they're at least civil with each other. And, um, there's, again, there's no Decepticons, but there are, um, Megatron's group is called the, the Ascenticons, something like that, as in the Ascendants or something. So at some point there's going to be a name change, um, with these. And this is even before the, the badges that we know to be the Autobots and the because none of them are, you know, I, this is not at that point. So I am curious, like so they they say, they call this a bold new direction. I It seems like they're just going to the prequels or they're just making up the prequels mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. So we'll see how that works out. Um, But yeah, like I said, I don't know. It's a, there, at the end of this issue, there's um something happens. When uh, Bumblebee and Windblade and this new bot get to um, get to where they're going, that uh, surely is going to be a thing that uh, is going to uh, spark something. You know, going forward. So I don't know. Like I said, it's something. It's it's something that could be interesting of Transformers. I still have yet to, um, you know, 
whether this is going to play into the, the, the old stuff that has just ended like last year, outside of the fact that, hey, you see some familiar people, but it's just in a different time time period, it looks like. Um, whether some, but, and some familiar stuff kind of gets a reference, sort of. Whether it's going to play into that stuff or not, which I assume it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But that's real. It's the first issue. Um, that being said, I think everything else I have can be click or do. Oh, it can be not click, click or do. Can be um, rapid, rapid fire. Fired. Yes. Here we go. All right. So I've only got a few to run through. Um, I've actually got one of my potential clicks of the week, which is Spider Gwen. Ghost uh, Spider number six. I am still so glad to see Takashi Miyazawa continuing on art for this book. I'm when just glad it, to see him getting work because that, that, that's good. That's got great art. Uh, Gwen is. Uh, it, what's funny about this book right now, the, stat, the current status quo post Spider Geddon, is that, you know, basically Gwen is this universe, is, is playing her Peter Parker role, and um, Captain Stacy's sort of like Aunt May. Um, you know, this is definitely, this is obviously traditional father daughter where the daughter is looking to figure out how to pay the bills. And because of what's happened in the story, there's a couple of traditional pathways that she cannot go down. Um, the, uh, this issue, I think features, I think features the earth 65 miles Warren's first appearance and anyone who is familiar with the Gwen Stacy story <laughs> from amazing Spider-Man will know that this is not a good development. Uh, as Ben Grimm would say, th- what a revolt <laughs> development this is. Nice. Um, there are interesting things teased in some of the panels that actually seem to be symbiote costume related. So there's plenty of stuff to look out for, which I thought they did uh, that already. There might be more. That's okay. the thing. It's teased. It's sure. not. It's not a hundred percent sure. It's not. It's not certain the direction that it's going in. To be honest, it's actually very reminiscent of Craven's Last Hunt. Um, huh. The visuals, at least, in terms of um, uh, little spiders being around, and that's not something that you normally associate with the symbiote oh, no. costume, right? Right. So you right. So you're trying to figure out what's going on. Or maybe it might um, be the other. Could be. So. Uh, <clears throat> Another book that I read this week that uh, covering rapid fire is the Batman Who Laughs, the Grim Knight number one. So this is um, part of this uh, ongoing stuff in Batman uh, with the Batman Who Laughs unleashing havoc on Batman um, himself, the Batman that we know. We get the origin of the Batman Who Shoots. That's what I call him in this book. And um, it's got a nice twist to the crime alley origin. Essentially, he's the Punisher with more money and better toys. Snyder and Tinian the Fourth tease the bad things about to happen to Commissioner Gordon um, that are coming later on in this overall story. And lastly, I'll talk about the Punisher number nine. Speaking of <laughs> the Punisher's story in Bagalia continues. This issue made me laugh out loud a few times and was well worth the read. Sometimes, especially with the Punisher, you don't need to be up to date with what's going on. You just kind of need to see, need to read the issues that kind of are uh, a, a little bit of wish fulfillment when you see Frank Castle opening up all sorts of cans of whip ass on people and 
Um, what's funny is that in this era of the Punisher, it's a lot like the Netflix shows. Roddy Cat was talking earlier about how he's not up to date with those, but it's not new for the Punisher's civilian identity to be common knowledge, but you can't help but kind of you know chuckle and hear people, especially supervillains, say to him, oh, Frank, you know, like there's like a very, you know, like some of them are a little condescending because they know he's just a regular dude who knows how to fight and has got lots of guns usually. So, you know, uh, uh, the puncher takes on ca- uh, Taskmaster in this. And, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with the Taskmaster, he is no joke when it comes to hand-to-hand combat and uh, being a formidable opponent. So, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fun to hear, you know, a character like that, you know, a known, you know, rogue, a known villain uh, uh, who, uh, who kind of has um, that is on a first name basis with the Punisher. Mm. So, so that's it for me for Rapid Fire. All right. And on that note, with uh, the speech of Text Massacre, who, again, we brought up with the Spider-Man stuff, uh, there is a video that you specifically, uh, Agent 70, may want to check out that's in the clickbait section. Okay. Um, I will reference it in a little bit, though. Um, but on that note, let's see, uh, Titans, number 35. So this is the penultimate issue of the series. Um... There was a part of this that made me go like, and even a character in the story uh, says says this. I have no idea what's going on here, even mm-hmm. though I kind of do. But there's part of it that doesn't make any sense because, like, what I thought to be the case going before this uh, before this arc, either it seems to be changed or I must have missed something then because it was like so. Basically, Raven had lost a part of herself. Uh, and it ended up being here in Unearth, which is another place that's a, a source wall stuff, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and the Titans are over there fighting Mother Blood, uh, who's trying to take over the place. Uh, and this is basically the part of the story is like, well, the, you know, the, the Titans were having a bad time and now they're regrouping and they're going into the next issue where all, everything's going to get laid out and dealt with is going to get handled. And apparently, the there's also a slight tie to the Justice League annual, because there was some information that the Titans had have had that needed to get back to the Justice League, which apparently played out in what happened in just the Justice League annual, which I've not read, so I don't know. But they do reference the fact that hey, if you want to see what happens with that, then you know, there you go. Uh, Wonder Twins number two. I'm actually I'm still kind of enjoying this book. Uh, it is a potential click of the week. Uh, first, there's a trip to oh, that's a typo. Um, trip to a LexCorp ran prison, and it is assumed LexCorp by the name of the the uh, prison, which is called Lexicon Prison and Call Center. Okay, which you know is. Not common knowledge that there are prisons that will use uh, prisoners as labor, and some would suggest call center, and also call centers being another type of printer that could be some social commentary. Which this book is kind of full of. 
I um it doesn't it doesn't it's not heavy handed, but it's definitely out there. Uh, but then they meet up with Beast Boy. Speaking of the Titans, <laughs> who is um on the set of a commercial shilling a very familiar set of um uh let's say classic comic book um uh commercialized snacks let's say okay so that's kind of amusing in itself uh but then the rest of the story is like it kind of comes back to a prisoner and apparently um the legion of dooms farm league and a certain member of the said farm league who is you know trying to go straight but apparently you know situation won't let them be for Mm -hmm. two different reasons and again like i said there is some social commentary uh in that but it's kind of amusing i thought so uh, um and of course we also get a um the appearance of a the last member of well the last quote-unquote member of the wonder twins ends up showing up somewhere in the, the course of this book so that was pretty you know uh an amusing run uh let's see where are we at now x-force number four um kate cable's intentions have come out he finally told the team what he was in transia or uh whatever this place is why mm-hmm. he was there in the first place because he was basically trying to find somebody but he didn't let the team map but he uh, let well he didn't let the team know that but even though his initial what he told them was actually true but may or may not have been um, you know, the full story. And if you've read Extermination, you kind of, you kind of know what it is because the because there have been a couple of different references in this issue to Extermination, not the least of which that, like I said, Ahab being here, which that gets dealt with, as with a member, as classically happens with a member of X Men slash X Force, um. A team member gets taken down, and it's kind of one. If you classically know, if you know about the X Men and X Force, it's one. It's the one that you know about that's on the team, which is kind of sad, because that's kind of, you know, he he joins this person joins the ranks of another classic uh, X Men character that seems to have some hard luck with uh, staying alive, mm-hmm. or being incapacitated, which you know, we don't know if this character is actually dead, but he definitely get. They seem to be uh, taken down a good bit in this course of this one. So yeah, um, some things happen. The art in this is still kind of weird and slightly jarring, but at the same time, Brisson's writing it fits with Brisson's writing, which is decidedly more action-packed, mm. more action-focused. And this book seems to be along with that. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the artist is still the same artist who was doing Cosmic Ghost Rider for a little while. That sounds and, right. And just very, and, and I remember noting that that style is more easily tolerated, forgivable, uh, accepted in a cosmic scenario, whereas um, X Force, you know, a little bit more real worldish. Yeah, but in the case of, like I said, given the writing is more action-heavy and there's, you know, it's not necessarily Michael Bayish, but there's a lot, there's, it seems to go from one action point to another action point fairly quickly. Right. So it kind of lends itself still for that, even if, even if it's still a little, um, not necessarily muddy is not the right word that I'm looking for, but, you know. It's 
probably suited for this just as much as that. Let's put it that way, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Um, that being said, Winter Soldier number four, uh, the penultimate issue of this miniseries. Uh, in that, um, so in the going into this issue, um, the kid that was hired to go after Bucky at the beginning of this um, of this uh, miniseries has kind of been on the road to re, you know being reformed. Uh, last issue, well, thanks to Bucky, I should say. Uh, last in the last issue, he met his father coincidentally who he hasn't seen since he was a baby who apparently was locked up um and you know the complications that go along with that kind of thing happen during the course of this issue but they get dealt with and also bring about another set of problems uh similarly uh going into the next issue so there is that uh and i believe that is it for me. Alrighty, so we're gonna lead up to the clicks of the week. Uh, we did get Tim's, which was Amazing Spider-Man 17, which is a pretty good pick. I think I'm gonna second that. Oh, sweet. Okay, well, it is so seconded by you then. Uh, for myself, we didn't get one for Dirt because he's he's uh, hasn't been able to getting any good reading in uh, so but for myself I'm thinking I am actually going to go with this was this is almost like a last week situation where there was like ah, there's a couple of good books that was kind of really up there but I think I'm going to go with Shuri number six nice on this one I, I do love the the pairing of um you know, Miles and Shuri in, in this one, and, uh, you know, Miss Marvel's going to be in the next one, so that'll be great. Hopefully. Cool. So, so there we go. Alrighty. Now let's get into an ad read before we get into the news. Our first ad read of the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t shirts. That are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. A specifically cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now let us get into the news, starting with the cinematics. All right, and now we're going to transition into the news. As I realized that I was talking, but the meat button was on. That's great. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, I got. I hope I got uh, the sound in. You no, you did. I mean, that, that okay. yeah, that doesn't affect. Yeah. So as we do about this time, we're going to start off with the cinematic news. And for some reason, you didn't want to pop for me, but there we go. Starting with 
Um, of course, Captain Marvel just came out last week. Hope you really got a chance to watch it or going to watch it soon. Uh, Brie Larson surprises fans on Saturday opening weekend. Right. So apparently this was in like North Jersey. Right. And oh, so I had no idea. Oh, nice. So but you potentially could have seen, you could have been there had you gone. Not really. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, it's not, you know, it's not stupendously convenient. It's a drive sure. away. It's multiple tolls away. Uh, yes. But ultimately, you know, when, when it's, when, when something like this that you kind of assume is going to happen in Cali or is going to happen somewhere else, you know, you don't think it's going to be, you know, anywhere near like a major metropolitan area. Um, all of a sudden, you know, she's in kind of like a suburban, um, like a, like a, uh, not like a, a real suburban uh, Jersey theater, but close enough. I'm curious and, as to how they picked that and where is she originally from? I guess that's a quick, quick. Um, yeah, that's a quick Google search. I was going to yeah. say it's probably easy for her to go from there to maybe the airport without going back into the city. You know, she could fly out of Newark. Sure. Oh God, yeah. You so, know, like I hate to I hate to think of it from the very pragmatic logistical sense. Exactly. You know, kind of like you know, like imagine being like her travel planner or like Secret Service detail. You know, sure. Like, all right, what do we do now? How do we get from here to here without having to go all the way back into the city to get to JFK? I've you know? I've gone out of Newark before. I don't. So. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to 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 juries, but you know. It's, Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a great airport. Anyhow, so yeah, um, and apparently she's out of she's uh, from Sacramento. So I was kind of right that she was West Coast. That makes total mm-hmm. sense. Um, so yes, apparently she was. Uh, I saw the video of this, so which you could actually could see that she was uh, got a nice uh, Captain Marvel inspired jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, this was coming up. Well, I guess so. So you can see that if you're watching the video, which won't play all that great because. The rest of that, but basically, yeah, it's, she basically says, "Hey, thanks for coming out." And I think there was another picture of her. Um, so, if you're watching the video, you see she's holding a big ass thing, a uh, big ass soda, and mm-hmm. I think she was by the popcorn machine in, an, in another. Um, yeah, she was behind the counter, like serving, helping to yeah. serve uh, um, refreshments. So that's kind of uh, cool between movies. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. But um. Yeah, and of course, you know, given that I don't know if I put that in the lineup, but hey, guess what? No surprise. Uh, Captain Marvel did some numbers last weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's poised to do so this weekend, so okay. go check that on out. Next up. Speaking of Captain Marvel, Brie Larson has a dance-off with scrolls in a behind-the-scenes video. I want When I see BTS, I'm like, isn't that a K-pop group? It is. <laughs> Which... <laughs> so when, I saw, when I saw BTS, I was thinking... Really? But then I had to, you know, just think, oh, this is probably a behind the scenes video, not a K pop video. Uh, that's which would have been even funnier. Actually that it's funny that you even that you even made that reference. That that's kinda of funny. But yeah, but uh so I assume this video is may or may not going to end up on the upcoming Blu ray. I don't know. I assume it is it is probably poised to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would but, think- but yeah, but yeah, you can check that out if you're, you know, if you're watching the video, there's a link to it. It's on Twitter. It's from the things underscore Marvel account, which I don't know. I assume that's a fan account or something. Um, and yeah, this article goes in on like, so like, blah, 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 blah. And I bring, oh, wait, it says, 
Nemo does a winning to go like that. There's a there's a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy and another character therein. Mm-hmm. In that, so next up, uh, Kevin Smith tearfully reacts to becoming part of the MCU. We alluded to this last week when we talked about uh, Captain Marvel. We still will not necessarily spoil it, right? But it's still too soon. Yeah, still too soon. But yeah, so um, actually, you know what? Let me move away from that because if you can see the the article. <laughs> if you happen to see the article down in the thing, you will see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, Kevin Smith saw it. He he liked it, and apparently that's an old picture because he doesn't look nothing like that now. After he lost his weight and his, his you know his his uh, heart attack or whatnot, he's lost. He looks weird. Anyway, so yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith was was tearful and overjoyed. Needless to say, listen, he's become part of you know MCU canon. Yes, exactly. So that's a big deal. Oh, and I think that article also, he also uh, asked in the article, he's like, yeah, he's glad to be a part of the MCU, but wait, did he make it that? Did he make it past the snap? Right. So, which I was like, huh, oh, I wonder. Um, next up. So our next story is about uh, why Nick Fury did or didn't page Captain Marvel sooner, <laughs> according to you know, straight from the mouth of, uh, the mouth of Kevin Feige. So uh, uh, an enterprising reporter asked the strict, que- you know, the, the pretty serious question of why didn't this happen sooner? There's been so much happening in the MCU. Why didn't he call um, Captain Marvel down? And, um, you know, there's a couple of reasons that he gives. One is that most of the stuff that's been happening is local. This is global, if not universal. Right. And two, he also basically says, how do we know he didn't hit the button and something was going on with Carol that she couldn't answer? So we don't know. So, you know, that's uh, probably um, fertile ground for stories to be mined. I suppose, which I I don't know if this is a counterpoint or not, but I was thinking, well, if that was the case, why would she show up for this thing? Because maybe she's thinking, okay, he keeps calling us a prank. So why would she pick this one as opposed to any of those other times if that was the case? But, you know, you can go all different kind of places with that. Exactly, exactly. It could be a timing thing for all we know. So ultimately... You know, it was a it was a good non-answer, basically. Yeah, like the first answer was being like, "Yeah, she could have been busy and couldn't make it." Kind of would have, but at the same time, you could also, you know, like I said, you can go places with that, mm-hmm. and it still wouldn't add up one way or the other. Um, uh, still on the Captain Marvel train, Captain Marvel's agents Coulson has a strong message for haters, and to why to which I say, I don't know if it's strong, but it's definitely one that's been oft used. Uh, so in the interview with Nerdist, Greg said, I don't know the if the expression is butthurt about seeing someone else get a hero that looks like them, but that's because they've always had heroes that look like them. And I kind of read that as sometimes we tend to say, at least I tend to say, it was like, you know, like the kids say, butthurt, you know. <laughs> Even though he did not actually, you know, say that. But that's, yeah. that's kind of how I just read remember it. that, uh, that Clark Gregg has actually been around for a while. Exactly. <laughs> So, shout out to the the new adventures of old Christine. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, and he goes on that says, you know, there are people that get very bent out of shape about the fact that she's a woman and and that Bree's a woman and wants to see a woman, woman of the equal place in humanity to men, he continued. Uh, It's sad. It must be sad to be that kind of dinosaur wandering towards the tar pits. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and he goes on to, you know, give some praise about the, the, the movie and so, 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 good on Clark, you know, Coulson, 
which still freaks me out looking at the, you know, in <laughs> the, the way they, 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 they aged them in the movie. But, you know, it is what it is. Next. Next up, uh, Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, shared a message for the Captain Marvel crew. So uh, Patty Jenkins put out on Twitter that the uh, she can't wait to see it, and the entire Wonder Woman crew wishes uh, the Captain Marvel crew a great weekend. And um, it's you know that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Brie Larson responded on Twitter saying, "Thank you, sister." Um, you know, the, the the comparisons almost can't be helped because these are the two first uh, primary uh, uh, superhero movies helmed by uh, by, yes, by female right. characters in the modern era. That's the that's where the main comparison comes from. But the problem is they've been pitted, pitted just like you know Black Panther and Pats with every other movie that came around around it. Like it's been pitted against each other as if there's only one of such movies should you know should exist mm. or whatever and that's a problem um right. which I'm, I, but I'm, i am i don't ha- mind them being compared because that's I, fair i kind of do but, come by because they're not necessarily that similar like yeah competing companies and they're both women that's about it and they're both right no but you women. can compare no but you can compare them as origin movies sure but the, the hardest comparison but that never happened captain no, the hardest comparison is that um, that Captain Marvel is part of such a, a a big tapestry where Wonder Woman can basically exist on her own up until a certain point. Hmm. Um, you know, and and obviously, you know, the, the, there's a lot more rancor, and I think that's what you're alluding to about you know how the comparison is executed, and you know that's just people putting their own spin on things. But ultimately, you know, it, it it's a fair comparison to a certain extent, but get, you know, getting beyond into you know you know different issues that sometimes aren't relevant yes you know kind of you know kind of makes it a a a a, a more difficult discussion than it should be so um you know captain marvel is you know they can they, both they can both exist simultaneously you can what like I was both say, or not like to, both but whatever what i was going to say it's just tough to it's tough to uh compare the two from my point of view, because Captain Marvel has to service this entire continuity that comes independent of the character hmm. and also a very convoluted origin. Not that one right. woman doesn't have a convoluted origin. Yeah, but hers so, is a little more, you can kind of cut and dry that one a little bit more than Carol. Yeah, you can streamline that one a lot, e- a lot yes. more easily, I think. Yes. So, oh. But uh, but in any event, that's you know that that's cool that uh, you know that uh, there is um, uh, a friendly competition, you know, nothing more. Actually, it's not even yeah. Well, in in the case of this, it's not even competition. It's just like, hey, do you want everybody wants to see each other do good. And as a matter of fact, because you know, and I guess well, so there's been not just this, but there's been other people also, you know, giving you know giving Sam well wishes, you know, from. Uh, Marvel side, because you know sure. you see people like uh, Denai Guerrero and Lupita Nyong'o also, you know, uh, you know, giving their congratulations on the movie. And there's been a lot of that. It's it's good that we get to see a lot of that between movies. It's like one side of of the you know competition would you know would congratulate the other side for their movie because I think there was a lot of that with uh, Aquaman too from you know between you know sure between the two sides. And it's good to see that you know. Uh, as opposed to, as you say, the rancor and all that kind of good Anyway, let us move on. And um, let's see. Right, the big news of this week. Yes, this happened today, actually, as we were recording. It just this. dropped out of nowhere. Basically, um, yeah. No, no warning. 
people on their way to work on the East Coast. Right. Um, yeah, because yeah, usually when this happens, uh, you know, you usually kind of have some some. There's something on Good Morning America. There's something, or there's somewhere. some teasing of it. Right, there's some teasing of it. And what we're talking about, folks, is the Avengers Endgame's new trailer dropped today uh, on uh, the the 14th of March. <laughs> Good thing they didn't wait till tomorrow. They are to March. Right. Um, uh, introduces Captain Marvel to Thor and the Avengers, which that's that's kind of. That's kind of been played up a little bit too much because it's just it doesn't that's not even the whole thing of the. Of the that's thing. just a little bit of it, right? Yeah, and that's just a little bit at the end of it at that. Right. So, but I mean, so, it depends on who's you know the article you 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 uh, come across. Yeah, that, that we that we yeah that we decide to kind of put up, but um, but ultimately what we have is, um, what I hope is the last trailer we get. I We're probably gonna get. I one think it more. is actually. I want to say they said as much. Right. We we may get one more, but I sincerely hope this is the last trailer we get. And I'm happy with it purely for one reason. And I, I understand that we've been told that these trailers won't go beyond the first like 20 minutes Correct. or so of the movie, which I love because I don't want to know. I, I don't want to be tuning out because I've done that before. I've tuned out trailers where I don't want to see any more of the movie. Right. Until it's time for the movie. So I'm good. I'm good with this. Like, did let's you, go. Did you actually watch this one? Yes. Okay. I watched it a couple times and yeah, I read a couple here. articles. Um, so, like I said, I'm happy because we're two months out, and like I said, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm hoping we don't get another one. You, you're saying that they've said that we're not going to get another. Well, one. I think there were there has been some illusions, and I can't remember if it. I don't. Well, according to this. I don't right. think it says so. But in any movie. event, I, I figured this would be the last one I would watch anyway. Right. So thinking that if there's one more, that's the one I'm going to avoid. So, I mean, that's just, that's my standard operating procedure. So, sure. um, but but just getting to the trailer very quickly, um, there's a lot of it told in flashback, which is great. Like yes. I said, nothing new, but it sets the, the stage for the, the, you know, the high stakes of this movie and where these characters are. And, you know, I know some people aren't so jazzed that the OG Avengers team is kind of the ones that are getting ready for their last ride. But you know, that's you know, it's kind of you know, that's kind of what this is leading up to. Time had to come, right? Um, but yeah, and yeah, as you say, this starts off in flashbacks, which goes back to the beginning of the MCU itself, with and right. specifically, you know, Iron Man and and a couple other folks, um, and then. You know, just kind of builds up, and then gets that last, as this article says, meeting with Captain Marvel and, and Thor. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a pretty decent trailer. So you you saw flashes of the Iron Man one and Captain America: The First Avenger, and you know Thor movies, which are the big three that started us all. And like right, starts. Kind you of, saw a little Civil War. Yeah. You saw a little. Um, you know, you saw you saw some 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 real teases as to what might happen. You saw more of um, Hawkeye's new haircut. Yeah, uh, um, you definitely saw because I know they were saying that um, in the last trailer there was um, some people cut out of uh, out of a scene that they showed. Like, they've been right. good about showing pretty much the same scene uh, in the last couple of trailers, and I think they may have added at least one or two people in said in this trailer that they have digitally cut out of that one, I guess, or didn't show you know the part of whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But nothing that would give up too much. That's, you know, 
we already know who's alive, so we know, you know, they were bound to be in the same place at one point. Uh, with the exception of the, well, actually, the one thing I guess you could be spoiled in this, with speaking of, you know, one of the characters that, um, you know, that, um, starts out the trailer. That could be kind of a spoiler. Right. But, again, it's 20 minutes of the movie, so whatever. Let us move on. Uh, so there was... What if an yeah. alternate history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So, this is a story... Um, could have been a clickbait, but whatever. I just I put it here because I'm like, and this is that would be an interesting thing that it would do. So this is apparently, um, again, speaking to Kevin Feige, or this is what oh, with like the recasting, right, right, with the different yeah. different directions that the movies would have taken if the actors had been cast differently. Right. Like, what if we had, um, um, yeah, what if uh, Terrence Howard had stayed on as James Rose? I'm I mean, so glad that didn't happen. Were, we we've heard we would have heard a lot more Maine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't. I, I'm not crazy about Terrence Howard in the first place, but I didn't like him as Rhodey because he was more whiny than anything. Yeah, because he's like, when, when am I going to get my shot? Why are you messing with my testing? Right, come on, uh, man. Um, nah, there was no Maine actually going on, but still, that is a funny thing. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> so, um, you know, and and. And also, if um, if uh, Ed Norton had had been able to stay on as opposed to Ruffalo's portrayal, which you know, if, that was probably a trade up. I mean, I, I like that that uh, I like that Hulk movie, but you know, I heard you know, right? Um, he's not, you know, if he's Emily, not, yeah. it's kind of difficult if to Emily, work with. Oh, I'm sorry. I was about to say if Emily Blunt had been able to stay on as Black Widow, right? Which would have been interesting and would have made her a lot taller. I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, the one that I just can't, um, I can't abide is uh, John Krasinski as Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> I know I'm, the dude can get really ripped. I mean, know, I still can't really game. buy him as Jack Ryan, and I didn't even watched really that um that that right. um that the, the thing on on Amazon, but I'm like, I'm not seeing it. Right, <laughs> right. That's the that that's the funny part, like. You know, you didn't really buy. I mean, based on body of work, mm-hmm. I can understand why people would have been hesitant to see Chris Evans as Captain America. But once you saw it, you're like, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's that's you know, that that's a what if that uh, we don't have to worry about, thankfully. And apparently, Tom Hiddleston could have been Thor, which that would have been hysterical, right? But you, you know, know I, hey, look, it, again, no, this is one of the serious CGI. Yeah, that's probably it. But I mean, hey, they they did well. Actually, they didn't do it that much for. Well, they did it in the opposite direction for um, for for the Chris for the other Chris. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that would have been that would have been quite weird. <laughs> and apparently, Daniel Craig, which I wow, that would have been an older looking Thor. I don't. I'm, Oh wait, Thor Loki wasn't blah, blah, blah. no. Oh, I'm sorry. Daniel Craig would have been Loki, which that would have been weird. Yeah, I no. I'm glad they didn't do that because I can't. <laughs> yeah, I just totally can't see that. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So that's that's that. And for some strange reason, I keep thinking, I keep mixing up um, the guy who uh, plays Shazam, J- uh, Jonathan Levi, with John Krasinski. Or wait. Oh, Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi, thank you. I keep okay. mixing them two up. I don't know why. 
Let's move on. I was about to say, just remember Dude from the Office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never watched Office, but yeah. Neither did I so much, though. But yeah, I know, I, I know, def- I know who you know that it was uh, mm. was a thing. So here's some news that um, I don't know if you saw. I did see this. Uh, Marvel sets uh, Shang Chi as its first Asian superhero film. I think we may have seen rumblings of this in in the past month or two, but apparently it's a, it's a it's a thing that is actually happening. Right, because now they've made concrete moves. Um, for <laughs> yes. for long for long time fans of the MCU, you have to remember that. Shang-Chi was one of the characters that actually set out um, uh, what was set forth by Marvel Studios as a character, you know, to pitch um, for potential movie series when they when they made when they got their uh, their financing. Rumor has it it could have been a movie around the time of Blade. Or maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like, I'm not sure. yeah, like there could have potentially been a movie around that time. What's funny is that. I guess you know the, the 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 precedent has been set for characters who aren't as super powered to have um, vehicles in the cinematic universe. And let's you know the the bigger thing in this issue are uh, people of color, right? No, but you know I know what you're saying, but yeah, I'm just right, exactly. You know, and I I definitely understand that, but it's you know what you what you're trying to figure out is how does this character fit. In a universe where there's literal demigods running around and um, and uh, uh, billionaires with um, you know suits of armor that can go into space, right? But figure out that you know there is a space for this character because even though Captain America is still not the same, that's close. And now they're working on a Black Widow movie as well, mm. so there is room in the MCU for the uh, the more human level characters. Which, yeah, because they have pretty much relegated, at this point, um, more street-level characters to the Netflix series. Sure. And I'm actually slightly surprised that they didn't go that route with this. But, given what we know now and all those other ones that got canceled, we know why now. But Right. Um, right. Like, so it's interesting to see how they how they kind of incorporate him into the MCU. Right. That's really, I mean, that's, you know, and I definitely understand that. Yeah, this, this, I hate to say that this checks off another box. Yeah, but that yeah, was the first thing I thought. And unfortunately, it's, but it's it an important box. It's an important box to check. Yep. And my hope is that they're able to um, get enough perspectives on this so that they don't, you know, they don't uh, make any real mistakes. They don't obviously don't want to alienate the Chinese market. They don't want to do that. The, 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 there's not be an iron fist. You know, so uh, that being said, there's actually other news uh, in this and that uh, there's a director that has been uh, hired, Destin Daniel Cretton, mm-hmm. to direct MCU's first Asian led movie. Right. And if, and if his name doesn't uh, doesn't uh, strike you as being Asian, apparently he at least has some um yeah, he at least has some uh, lineage. Right. If you're oh, watching the video, picture, you can right. see. Yeah, well, it looks at his picture. Over. Yep. And I don't know his the directing credits that they are putting him under, but hey. What's funny is that I remember reading some of his credits, and he's actually directed Brie Larson in a couple of things. And oh, he's also. Nice. He's also like smaller films, and he's also worked with Ryan Coogler on something recently, like a TV show. So okay. he's definitely got connections to the MCU. 
All right, that's that's well, you know, that's what that's what happens. You use the connections when you got them. So good on them. So hopefully it works out. Alrighty. Next speaking up. of yeah, I was about to say speaking of, I'll take this one since we incorporated the last two together. Um, Emma Watson tops the shortlist for Black Widow's second lead in the movie. Not like the crazy people who thought they were going to recast Emma Watson in Scarlett Johansson's place, because you know there's crazy people that don't read. Um, yeah, I saw that stuff. I'm like, wait, what are you? What are you? What's wrong with you folks? <laughs> they just don't read. Um, now, so I mean, that, it, now, it, now, granted, now that said though, it, it'd be different stories. Like, okay, I'm sure Scarjo's you know contract is probably about up, just like with uh, uh with the other with the other you know. Other well, she folks. started later. That's the thing. She started well, with Iron Man too. Yes, so, but but I think her her contract would still be about to be closed up for these movies. If right, if because anything. she's been in the Cap movies as well. Right. So. But I still was like, well, I don't know if they would just, you know, recast like that. I mean, unless, I don't know, they, they, they don't know, strange things, strange things have happened, but that was like right. that. Anyway, regardless. We all know, I was about to say, ultimately, we all know that she should be on board for the Black Widow solo movie. Right. So seeing seeing uh, Hermione Granger um, on as, <laughs> as her opposite is a little weird, but then what we have to understand is that we don't know what the story is, one, and two, um... That's actually not out of the realm of possibility that the red, you know, if the story is red room based, that exactly. there's a younger version of the Black Widow being sent after her. So, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty certain there uh, between the last miniseries that I remember reading with her, not not that tells the suspense one, but from a couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure it would probably be. Uh, or her, or her series that uh, her last series that ended uh, like a couple of years ago probably has some prime story that could that could work. Sure, you know we definitely know that there are stories that could be told with the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and even based just on what they've already established exactly. in the MCU, mm-hmm. you know, we'll finally find out what happened in Budapest. Exactly. Right? So yeah, that's the one I well, want to know about. Right. So ultimately, we you know that that's. That's also some fertile ground for them to uh, to, to, to mine. So um, that's pretty. You know, it's it's cool that uh, uh, Emma Watson is is while still being genre is branching out into something else. Yeah. And will she be casting spells? We don't know. We anyway. don't no. Expelliarmus. Anyway, next. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of casting spells, yes, um, nice. Doctor Strange uh, two director may have just teased Namor, whom I, whose uh, interest into the MCU might have been up to the end there for 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 different reasons because uh, you know depending on, cause, so I know there has been. What am I trying to say? I'm not sure. We don't know. The, we don't. We don't know. Well, we vaguely knew where the rights to Namor laid down. Put it that way, right? Because you know he, he's been a part of Fantastic Four. He's you know been a part of Mutants. I think uh, he's got a separate stuff. distribution deal. Exactly, and those, so that was kind of up in the air. So I guess they may have hashed that out with right. along with some of the other stuff. If they're right. talking about this, my but understanding again, this is, is he was with Universal. 
Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was kind of like one of the rogue, <laughs> one of the rogue uh, agreements that was out there. Right. That wasn't, you know, kind of all, all like covered under the umbrella of like the Fox deal or and never been used. the Sony deal. Right. Which is probably why it came back because I think obviously if you don't, <laughs> you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it all depends on what the terms of the, the contract was, but this is an interesting way to introduce the character. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, making it more defenders based as opposed to invaders based. Right. Um, you know, you know, given, given the fact that, um, you know, while we're all sure that the, 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 the OG MCU characters, unless they're like killed, even if they are killed off, you know, can come back because, you know, it's a payday. You know, to make a cameo to make Namor invaders based, but why not make him defenders based? And it could be, I mean, just like they've done with uh, uh, Captain America and Captain Marvel, it could be a time period thing. Sure. Although, if it's coming by way of Doctor Strange, uh, that still could could happen. So, in this article, they're saying there was a tweet by Scott Direction, uh, Derrickson, who's who's um who's uh, directing the next uh, Doctor Strange movie. And there was a now-deleted tweet that shared an image from the cover of 2011's Fear Itself, The Deep, depicting mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and Namor, which and was com- accompanied by the text, Are You Experienced? Which is a Jimi Hendrix song. <laughs> Have you ever been experienced? Anyway. Um, I, I love that. I love that he had to delete the tweet. Kevin Feige probably sent the uh, the assault team after him. Right. I know, right? It was like, oh, hey, man. um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? Love, you know, like the actors, the MCU actors that go on talk shows are like, is that there might be a, a Marvel ninja in the audience somewhere? Right. So I'm not going to say anything. So it's like, hey, hey, we ain't said nothing. We 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 haven't nailed that down yet. Just, 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 just delete that. Go go go. <laughs> what are you doing? So anyway, yeah, it could be the or maybe it's calculated. It's like, hey, just put it out there to put the feelers out, and you know, see mm-hmm. what happens. That's right. Not to happen. But regardless, it's something to think about. All right. So so. So speaking of something that may be alive or but dead. shouldn't be, yes, Schrodinger's cat. I don't know. Right, um, Noah Hawley's Doctor Doom film um, over at Twenty First Century Fox might not be dead in the wake of uh, the merger that Which is set is, to close. Yes, fairly soon, actually. Very yeah. soon. Um, I think by the end know, of this month, they're saying. I think earlier. Really? I thought the date that I saw was earlier, like in the twenty. It could have been. Yeah. Well, it's still still by the end of this month. But you know. oh yeah, before the yeah before the end of the month. Yeah. But um, you know, because when I hear by the end of the month, I'm like, well, you know, I don't think it may go to all the way to March 31st. But right. in any event, um, so apparently, uh, uh, what you call it at South by Southwest, Holly told the Hollywood Reporter that uh, Kevin Feige approached him about the Doctor Doom movie. Feige asked him if he was still working on it, to which he replied, should I be working on it? But he didn't spill as to what Feige's response was. Right. So, we don't know what that means, you teasing bastard. Yeah, yeah, and it's just as well that I don't know if that if that project needs to live or not. I don't know. Right. I can't really say. Go um, away. Go away. I mean, you could, you, you could do some things with a Doctor, Doctor Strange movie. Hell, could do oh, Doctor up. Doom. Doctor Doom, that's what I meant. Sorry. Right. But you got to establish. I don't know. I, feel, I still Do feel you? Because like, they've. Know. Yeah, I, about to, I know what you're about to say, but they right. have glossed over and changed some things in MCU big time. So they, you know. Right. They, but you still don't think that they would have to be introduced together with the FF? 
I mean, Venom even did. though they've done it twice already, it's, screwed it. you know, it's been screwed up. Venom didn't. But you can say what you want about that movie in itself. So. <laughs> let's not even get into that one. Yeah, let us move on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Next um, up. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, we can tie both of these together. Uh, DuckTales finally reveals what happened to Donald Duck's sister, Della. So this was a long-standing mystery in the annals of DuckTales. Ooh. Um, which, again, she had been... Yeah, it's like this has been the thing where it's like, okay, Donald's got a sister or because he clearly has three nephews that came from somewhere. Um, so, and now we finally get to find out what the, the mystery is about. I am not caught up on DuckTales. I know she's also shown up in the, the uh, comic book retelling. I mean, the comic book um, version of DuckTales, uh, including starting off with the book, but, you know, but that was like flashbacks and stuff, so I don't know if they actually, I don't even know if the, the, the show is that closely tied to the book. It may probably be. I don't know. Regardless, we found out what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to, and apparently this was a double F X, uh, episode. So, and I wonder if you, right. yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was about to nah. say you're going to do the other DuckTales. One. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which brings us to, uh, in the same episodes, DuckTales just gave the moon theme real lyrics. Now, if you did not know, there was uh, back in the nineties, a video game uh, based off of DuckTales based off of really. Yes, based off okay. of the uh, the animated uh, the the original animated. So so it was Dunk, you know it was um it was a Capcom made joint um and it was Dunk Uncle Scrooge going around uh different fighting ones. the Street Fighters. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it was though. They should put him in Marvel versus Capcom. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, look, with that can he be op? But anyway, um, but you know it was a platformer, um. You know, lots of people know about it. It's a classic game. I think they've remade it a couple of times. I'm pretty sure there's a version out there you can find uh, that you can play. In fact, I know there is. But regardless, um, one of the stages was the moon. And, of course, the moon had music, uh, to which they incorporated into this the, the episode of um, DuckTales that we were just talking about. And they gave it uh, lyrics. So, which means... That the you can kind of say that the um, the uh, the the um, the video game is canon. You may say. Okay. And uh, just to spoil a little bit about what happened in, in the um, in the um, in the uh, in the episode, the, the part of which is where we find Della Duck, or what you know where she ends up on the moon some kind of way. And apparently, some so, some of that even plays out like um, not necessarily plays out like, but there's a, a couple more references to the video game that come out of that. If you haven't, if you never played DuckTales video games, you play it's pretty cool. Uh, it kind of still holds up. So yeah, so that's the thing, and had people freaking out because you know, some people, a lot of people like that stage and the music they're in. Moving right along. Alrighty, so there is a report as pre-production ramps up on James Gunn's softish reboot of the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> there is a report that the film's going to take its influences from uh, a classic run on the series in the 1980s by John Ostrander and Kim Yale. 
Um, it features Deadshot and Rick Flag in central roles with a rotating cast of supporting characters. Um, uh, let's see. It doesn't actually mention what those characters might be in this no, article, but I've seen some articles that mention, yeah, that mention King Shark and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, because we talked about that last that last week. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I'm not familiar with Runs of the Suicide Squad. I'll take their word for it. It uh, might next. be worth going back to see if uh, you know if, if uh, trades are going to be available soon on that on DC Universe. They're probably yeah yeah Universe or just the archaeology and so. the, yeah there probably is. I'm I know there's some stuff on there, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you one way or the other if it's iconic or not. Anyway, uh, the Flash star Grant Gustin reacts to the Arrow ending. So you know, still other people reacting to the fact that hey, Arrow's going away. Um, right. Which, hey, if it wasn't for Arrow, you you wouldn't be the Flash. So, there you True. go. And speaking of, I'll go ahead and take this one too while we're at it. Uh, Arrow's Felicity Smoke, uh, love her, uh, reacts to the show ending. Uh, Emily Beck Rickards, who plays Felicity Smoke, uh, has her own reaction. Basically, you know, she she, she has her, her things. So, one of the best parts about that show. Next. Next up, uh, Batman fights the Shredder in DC's first Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. Yep, possibly. Um, now we we do know there's been three crossover. Well, there's two crossovers and another one's coming, I think. But um, this is possibly uh, retelling of that of the first one. I guess. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know if it says here. But regardless. <laughs> Hey, it's a thing and it's coming. Uh, let's see. DC Entertainment and Nickelodeon have teamed up to produce the film, which is based on Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like I said. So, yeah, it's probably the first one. The The story will see the Turtles meeting Batman via transdimensional encounter and feature our heroes teaming up to face Batman's deadliest, deadly uh, rogues gallery. I never read that crossover. Um, it's in- I was about to say, it's interesting that it's a mel- it's a mix of... DC continuity because from what I can see on the page um, without looking at the trailer looking at some of the stills it looks like Batman is wearing his 80s costume mm-hmm. which, which is like a blue and gray with the yellow bat symbol symbol right. on his chest but the Batgirl is wearing the latest trend the latest uh, uh, costume from the, the 2016 or 17 reboot right so, yeah, so this is basically, uh, I guess if you were put it in perspective, the Batman Brave and... Wait, was it Brave and Bold the way he was in the game? Yeah. 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 The, 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 the animated version of Brave and Bold, I should specifically saying, but also the 80s run, but, you know, um, with the mixing of, you know, like you said, Batman's current... I mean, Batgirl's current suit, and I guess that's... Uh, is that Damien's suit? Cause you can see down at the bottom, there's there's a picture of uh, there's a picture of uh, him, the turtles, and Batgirl and Robin. Oh, I didn't look so closely at that. And that uh, kind of looks like now. Granted, one Robin suit looks you know relatively the same as another, and you know. Yeah, but there's little tweaks that really differentiate exactly, them, you know, especially with especially with the darker tones. But um, this either looks like Damon suit and or a Teen Titans version. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, bottom of oh. Yeah, it's got a hood. It might be Damien. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It looks like a hood, right? Uh, possibly. It doesn't necessarily come out as much, but because I mean, you've seen that cape kind of similarly, but I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, anyway, right. that's enough about that. It's coming. Uh, uh, when is it coming? Soon. The spring, actually. Yeah, it says. Uh, next up, how to see Shazam two weeks before everyone else. Uh, so apparently Fandango is offering uh, advanced screenings of uh, Shazam two weeks ahead of uh, April 5th release date, which is, that should be like soon. Yeah. So that'll be next week. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. So this is for exclusive to members of Fandango's VIP rewards program, which means that's pretty much anybody who's finally signed up for Fandango. Because <laughs> they will hey, if you stand up for Fandango, we'll put you in this other thing also. Um. So yeah, so it's, it seems kind of similar to what uh, Amazon did, and I think it even you know even says here you know the Amazon thing with um, Aquaman they did last last year. The early access would be March twenty third. Yeah. So that, again, yeah. I just opened my Fandango app to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it also says oh in this article that yeah that that it's going to be that. Uh, it's going to be 1,200 North American theaters and, you know, like I said, exclusive to Fandango. So I'm pretty sure anybody, and this has been a couple of days out, so, I mean, a couple of days old, so I'm pretty sure anybody who's done it. I haven't done it yet, but I don't know. It's showing near me. It's probably showing near me, I'm sure. But I just didn't, I just never checked the app. I didn't check the app. So we'll see. It might be an early pro- uh, movie protocol. May or not, it may not be. We'll see. Wait, Next. what day is the 23rd fall on? It's a Friday. Uh, that is a f- is that? Oh yeah, you're. Oh, right. no, it's a Saturday. No, no, it's, it's a Saturday. Saturday. So it's yeah, like said, no need. So yeah, no need for a movie protocol on that one. Still be early, like like it did. Uh, but you know, regardless, you know, it's a thing. Go check it out if you're a fan. Then go member. Of, of apparently, which both of us apparently are. <laughs> yeah, that's not a surprise. No, it's not. How, it really isn't. But yeah, you know. given how we're all trying to uh, get our tickets uh, ahead of time and not worry about the box office, so yeah. Um, I mean, while building, anyway. you had to go through Adam for the Aquaman thing and not Fandango, but still, you know, it's a similar right. thing. Uh, next. next up, uh, DC Universe's Titans is cast Deathstroke for season two. So the actor, um, Eastside oh, no. Morales, yep. who is um, known for his roles as Lieutenant Tony Rodriguez in NYPD. Blue and Camino del Rio and Ozark has been enlisted to play uh, the role of Slade Wilson Deathstroke in the upcoming second season of Titans. And there's been other articles. I mean, other articles mention other stuff that he's you know, but you know that name is if you've been around a while, you know that name. Sure, I definitely remember him from NYPD Blue. So yep, and it looks like he's going gray, so they won't have to do too much. I know, right? On the hair. Right? Yeah. So, I'm like, that's probably a good book. He's a pretty good actor. Um, next up, actually, some sad news, but we'll get to that in, the, in a second. That's not comic related, but we'll bring it up anyway. Um, Kelly Kuko teases the Joker's new animated look. So, you know, Kelly Kuko is the voice of Harley Quinn in um, that, that series that's going to be on DC Universe at some point this year. And apparently here we have a picture that she snapped on her Instagram with a package of red vines, proving she has no... T- no, I'm just kidding. Stop. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I, I don't think I've ever actually even had red vines. Um, 
had Twizzlers. Twizzlers, Twizzlers another but, name for Twizzlers. I know, but yeah, and there are some people who like Red Vines are better than Twizzlers. I'm like, all right, if you say so. They're not the same thing. They are technically the same thing. Yes, goodness gracious. But I think they may have different texture tastes or something. I don't know. I don't even okay. care because I'm not a big Twizzler fan anyway. Regardless, uh, her in studio booth and there's a picture of um, uh, the animated version that she is playing, and also with uh, the Joker who is being played by again Wash, uh, aka Alan Tudyk of uh, Firefly Flame fame. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's the thing. It's coming sometime this year, October. Yes. All right. Uh, next up, um, the Picard series for Star Trek is added uh, heroes, has added actors from the TV series Heroes and Daredevil as series regulars. <laughs> you know, some, cause sometimes they, wait, did you just, <laughs> did you just hit Google? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. apparently Siri uh, thought I was talking to her. Oh, nice. Starving for attention. Nice, Siri. Um... So, yeah, so according to Variety, Santiago Cabrera and Michelle Hurd, who I know that name from the Daredevil, and I think she was also in Jessica Jones and one of those other series, if I'm not mistaken, she's shown up there as well as a couple other places. But, um, yeah, so they're, they're mining other spots that of, you know, similar genres. And apparently Michael Don, Dorn has expressed interest saying he would be open to uh, be on the show. And poor Michael Dorn, because he's been trying to get that Wharf series off the ground, which will probably never happen. And and now they got the Supercard series. I mean, to a certain extent, he had, you know, like a primary role on DS9 for a while. True. But, you know, but even, but since then, like, even while he was still on, you know, DS9, it was like, yeah, it's possible that could have been a Captain Wharf show or something. Yeah, that never is probably never going to happen. Um, which you know, at this point, who knows? Kapla, exactly. So next up, um, last but not least, not necessarily comic news, but hey, comic related. Let's just say because I don't know if there was actually. People of a certain vintage are reckon, will say, recognize that music. Wait, I thought that was Channels of the Super Friends, but yes, you're right. Uh, Battle of the Planets <laughs> did. Because it, it is definitely a similar music to, to Challenges of the Superman, uh, Super Friends, because that, that probably was done by the same people. But yes, Gotcha Man, cons, a.k.a. Um, science Team, Science Ninja Team, Gotcha Man, a.k.a. Battle of the Planets, if you are of a certain vintage, a.k.a. G-Force, also if you right. are of a certain, certain vintage. Not the um, hamsters. Not the definitely not the hamsters. <laughs> Good God, no. Uh That's concept stuff, man. Yes. Gotcha man concept art for uh Imagi's unproduced film is absolutely gorgeous. So there is un, there is outside of the fact that hey, I am a fan and I I think Agent Seventy may be also a fan of um oh, just a little? Yeah. G of G Force, because you know, grew up on it. Um you know, like the science into team gotcha man, which I'm trying to remember where it plays because I kind of want to watch some now. But anyway, the uh, so the artwork that is being shown here that's not being used for the film, as you can see, and uh, I feel like I've seen this poster, uh, this picture before, um, um, come from a, a Magic Studios, um, was shared on Instagram by artist and former Marvel Studios head of visual development Charlie Wynn. Who created the designs? So, 
looks dope. There's Fiery Phoenix. There's there's uh, there's June Swan. There's there's Ken. There's all those all those jokers. Now I want to go watch some uh, Gotcha Man. <laughs> Thanks for it very much. I did that to myself. Let's be honest, because even when I saw this, I was like, oh man, I'm not even sure if it's on Crunchyroll. Um. Anyway, uh, that is it for the cinematic news. Uh, before we go into the the um. The, uh, the the comic book news really quickly. Um, Rep. Jan Michael Vincent, who apparently died a couple of days ago, yeah, like a week ago. Oh, I did not wow. realize that. Yeah, he died in February, and what what ended up happening is that you know, unbeknownst to uh, you know to everyone who kind of follows celebrity news, um, you know, he passed away, and it, you know, it just sort of went you know he sort of went away quietly. He right. died in some smaller hospital and some. What, what what part of the country was it? Uh, wait, I thought it said. I don't know if it says here. Oh, he was living here in South Carolina, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't. He wasn't near like a big metropolitan area, if I'm not well, mistaken. Well, I mean, to be fair, South Carolina doesn't. There's only a couple of metropolitan areas, <laughs> and I'm in one of them. Um, there you go. So, so, yeah, so that's not really saying much in South Carolina. Not that big of a state, which I feel like I I don't. Anyway, regardless, so yeah, he was 73 at the time of his death, and he had a cardiac arrest, and I didn't recognize the fact that he was living here, which probably wouldn't have made any difference, but, right. so if the name's not familiar, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, uh, if you're of a certain vintage again, um, was the lead actor of a show, a little show called Airwolf, which had to do with um, a, uh, a uh, let's say a crime-fighting helicopter. That he <laughs> it was actually a movie. It was a movie that ended up going being um, turned into a TV series. And I'm fairly certain I remember this correctly. He ended up leaving the show. Uh, they killed off his character, I think, um, going into the next season because I think either he wanted too much money or something happened. I don't remember what the case was, but regardless, right. uh, yeah. So I mean, he was on this. He was on. Uh, he was on a hunt for his brother. Finds his brother, who's like yes. a, a, a MIA in. He Vietnam. was. Play, he was string fellow. I think he played string fellow Hawk. Right. And his brother, whatever it was, which I think, I think, matter of fact, I think when they killed off his character, the they basically found his brother who ended up taking over. Exactly. Like his brother's name was Sinjin. Um, Sinjin Hawk. Yes. Exactly. It's basically Saint John Hawk. We called him Sinjin. Right. And um, you know. Kudos to the character. Kudos to the writers for coming up with these names. Right. Um, I think that's a Dick Wolf joint, wasn't it? Or probably. no, it's a Donald Belisario, which is a name. If you've watched TV back in the eighties, you would you would oh, have seen sure. that name all over stuff. And sure. I think it was actually. I think there was actually an Airwolf comic book. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, and there absolutely was. Yeah, you know, all those eighties properties got comics at some point. So oh, sure. So um, this is not without some kind of relevance to us, but still, one way or the other. But, right, but this is you know, but this is pop culture of the eighties. This is definitely some, you know, comic ish, you know, genre ish um mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, that was I was very sad to see that. Uh that he had kind of gone away and passed away without much you know, not that anyone passes away with fanfare, but without and, any recognition. Well, he also kinda later he had had a couple of issues. You know, right. as this article says here, because I do remember some of that stuff about, you know, like, yeah, he kind of had some alcohol related things going mm. on and whatever. So, and right. but at the end of the day, wasn't working. So we hadn't really seen him in a long, long right. time. And, and he comes to South Carolina to die. 
which that's sure. not known. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, but yeah, so that's that. So Rip Jam Michael Vincent. And also I want to bring a part of, of course, as we do every week, we have clickbait section, which uh, if you, 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 the show notes are, should be in the, I've been putting the show notes in the, uh, in the, uh, the post. So you should be able to mm-hmm. click on that. Uh, a couple of notes from that and Idris Elba, you know, which I think we talked about, maybe possibly not, but he hosted uh, Saturday Night Live and uh, apparently there was a skit where he becomes the Impossible Hulk, where he turns into, um, <laughs> he gets mad and turns into a white lady. <laughs> a la uh, Permit, Permit Petty and Backyard Betty types, if you know those memes. So I haven't seen the skit, but uh, but it sounds like, you know, it was interesting. Um, also, there's an article about Kelly Sue Zaconic, who, of course, whose run uh, of Captain Marvel, Marvel has been cinematized. cinematized. Um, and as you can see, there's a picture of her and her lovely family, in, including one Matt Fraction. Right. At the premiere. At the premiere, yes. Uh, and, of course, there's an article uh, about, you know, what she's been doing and her getting back into her creator of her own stuff and talking about, you know, Captain Marvel in general is apparently as a, and she's also, I mean, she's not, she hasn't left comics because she's doing Aquaman now, which is her starting to get back into the, the you know, her comic rules because she was, her and her husband was doing like television stuff a little bit, which I think they're mm-hmm. still also still kind of doing, but yeah, check out that article. Um, and then there's another article about uh, Clark Gregg, which is uh, Clark Gregg's uh, opens up about his deep connection with Agent Coulson. Because, yeah, at this point, you can't, you know, Hard to distinguish one from the other. I think he says that from in this in that article. So now we go into the comic book news. Okay, we start off with I do it every time. I know. Let's say mm-hmm. we know a relaunch reset coming from DC. I guess not. That's not so big a surprise. So uh, episode it happens a lot. Yes. Um, so yeah, last week's, uh, Green Air 450 was the last of that run by, was it, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, was it, yeah, uh, well, I would say friends of the show, but we I think we've had him on the show, Colin Kelly and, um, oh Lord, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. Jens, Dex, and Lansing. I think we did have them on the show. Mm, yeah, for our creator on. Yes. For, yes. Yes, we did. And they were writing that book, um, at, at the Joyride, I think it was. Joyride, exactly. It was Joyride, actually. Thank you. You have a great memory because <laughs> I totally could remember. So yeah, they were on the book until this, this uh, to end of this, and uh, and like I said, no surprise. They're going to relaunch. They're probably going to relaunch uh, Green Arrow. No wonder who's going to be on the book at this point. So, but that's the thing. Alrighty, next. Next up, uh, an Aquaman scene from the movie, I guess, has yep. been recreated in 16-bit animation, uh, and it washes over like a wave of nostalgia. So, yeah, apparently some some fan folks took uh, that one chase scene, you know the one, in Aquaman, uh, Aquaman scene, I mean, in Aquaman movie, and made it into a 16-bit um, video game, or at least a demo for one, anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Cool, and you can see the the, the um, you can see the video for that in this article. Next up, um, uh, first look at Green Lantern Legacy, which is a graphic novel for I believe is DC's um, Zoom line, which is their um, yeah, this is their young adult imprint, their middle grade imprint, and this is um, 
basically a, the, a graphic novel about the first uh, was it Asian Green Lantern, Team Green Lantern at that, which there is also a Team Green Lantern in the pages of Young uh, Young Justice. That's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. But yes, so this is called Green Lantern Legacy, and it's a, it marks the first time that an Asian American has become the Green Lantern. Okay. I feel like that's not true, and I, I have nothing that will substantiate that. So, I'm just gonna. I would on. hate. I would hate that DC has gone forward with this copy, and it's not true. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, this is from this is from. Uh, oh, this is from the Zoom middle grade imprint. Okay. Right. Uh, and again, this is from this collaborative journal. You know, hey, remember mm. weekly readers? I used to love those, but anyway, that was when I was reading whole heavily or more heavily than that. That's off topic. So the the. The story goes like this. 13-year-old Thai fam lives in an apartment above his grandfather, grandmother's store, which, where his bedroom is crammed with sketch pads and comic books. So it already sounds like Kyle Rayner. Um, but not even his most imaginative drawings could compare to the colorful adventure he's about to embark on. Um, when Ty inherits his grandmother's jade ring, he soon finds out that it's more than it appears. So apparently his way, his grandmother was a lantern. That's that's basically what that sounds like, um, and he's inducted to a group of space counselors. Yada 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 yada. So basically, hey, this is you know a young adult read. Oh, check out Grandma with the with the with the with the lantern ring. And if you scroll down, apparently John Stewart makes an appearance. Oh, nice. So yeah, you scroll down. If you're watching the video, you can check out and see um, some some pages from the book. Um, the, the creative team is Min Lei and illustrated by Andy Tong. So it's an Asian creative team also. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What is, does it say when this is coming out? I don't see it. All right. Probably says so here, but regardless, it's probably, I think it's soon though, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't see it here. So, there you go. That's that. And uh, next, speaking of young adults. Yeah, I was about to say, speaking of the Zoom imprint, um, we're now going to talk about uh, there's more details on the preteen Wonder Woman title coming in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, this is not, you know, around the corner, but it's a little while away. But uh, uh, DC Zoom is going to put out uh, Diana, Princess of the Amazons, original graphic novel. Yeah, apparently this was announced last week, so last year, so I don't even know if we talked about it then, but yeah. Um, and it says here, cut off from the rest of the world, Diana had a idyllic uh, childhood under mascara, but now the 11-year-old, she's beginning to feel more and more isolated. Uh, though she has many aunties, quote-unquote, and a loving mother, she's an only child. The only child, in fact, uh, according to the uh, description. So yeah, this is a, a this is being written by Shannon and, and Dean Hale and drawn by Victoria Ying, and of course, like we said already, uh, it's going to come out January twenty twenty. Okay. So I'm I'm actually slightly curious about getting this, uh, checking out a couple of these books, even though they're they're not for me. Sure. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. You come closer to the time. Uh, next up, DC Dark Horse uh, announces Justice League Black Hammer crossover. I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jeff Lemire, 
is who writes the Black Hammer and has written for DC and Marvel. Um, is going to do a crossover with his Dark Horse book. Like I said, Black Hammer. Um, this is, it's going to be a five-issue miniseries. And, you know, I've never read Black Hammer. I have no idea what it's about. But, it's just, but hey, it's another crossover, folks. So, and I think that's fairly soon since they're announcing this. Yeah, it goes on sale July 10th. So look out for that if you are a fan of Justice League and or Black Hammer, if you know what that is. Next. All right, so uh, the lowdown on Marvel Comics' new Filipina superhero, Wave. So this is a character that's going to be introduced in the pages of the Agents of Atlas book that's coming out of um, War of the Realms. Right, which we talked about that book, uh, I think, probably if we could, last week or week for last. Right, so... And we didn't um, know who this character was. So. Right, so Lanel Yu um, helped design the character. He's a uh, Filipino, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, it's cool that uh, you know Greg Pak and 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 Lainley, you uh, put their heads together to come up with this character. Um, you know, the character is conceived by Greg Pak, and he designed the uh, the, uh, the what the character looks like, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'll look forward to that when that happens. No longer the protectors. Uh, Marvel demands adaptation or dominance with mysterious teaser image, which I think came out yesterday. Uh, so Marvel has released an ominous teaser image that could spell trouble for the high society ideas of heroes and villains. Um, I keep, for some strange reason, I keep thinking there's, um, uh, going back to what I said last week about, um, <laughs> secret invasion, but that can't, that, that may or may not be it. Anyway, the sync, this image is a simple blank sheet of white paper with typewriter like text that reads when two aggressive species share the same environment, evolution demands adaptation or dominance. So we have no clue as to what that'd be about, but the, this article goes into some speculation uh, dealing with X-Men business. Uh, there was also another tweet, uh, as a matter of fact, which is where I saw it, from a person on Twitter who I think is an artist. No, it's a comic person. I mean, it's a writer or something, I guess, who basically said, Hickman's coming. And I don't know if that was speculation or some inside knowledge mm. that went along with this tweet, but you know, that kind of sounds like something Hickman-esque. Yeah. You know. That would be funny if Hickman came back to Marvel like that. Right? So, but we'll see. You know, we have nothing on it at this point because it just happened. Uh, Next up. Uh, Next up, uh, Mike Diodato is leaving Marvel after uh, a run on Savage Avengers. So, my understanding is that... um, you know, he's got a brief run and he's going to leave uh, Marvel for uh, creator-owned work after 24 years. Unreal. Yeah, right? My understanding is that, you know, he's going to do uh, some more con appearances this year to help promote that. So if you've got anything you want signed, guess what? You may want to try to track him down. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man, I'm kind of disappointed. I might not be able to go to the Heroes this year. Kind of bummed mm-hmm. by that. But we'll see how that works out. Stay tuned, folks. Paper Girls finale is like saying goodbye to a childhood friend. And I believe out of anyone on this panel, Tim was the only one actually reading that book. So I think so. None of us knows any, that much about this book. But basically, the final arc of Brian K. Vaughan, uh, Cliff Chang, and Matt Wilson's Paper Girls begins with this week's, which I think was last week's, uh, issue number 26. 
culminates in July with a double-sized uh, number 30. And all will be explained, according to Chang. So I guess if you're looking to catch up, now's the time. Right. So I feel like this was probably, I don't know, I may be wrong, but this, this might have been like into a stranger's things type situation and I could be deadly wrong about that but we're not going to go about that look if Tim was on the show he'd know probably more about it if he's kept up with it next up next up uh salty sailors and zombie dinosaurs in a new book called lady redbeard she's, so she's got a red hair is, not a beard though what's that <laughs> nothing don't worry about it. it was a dumb joke oh well i can only imagine so, so apparently it's um, it's part of a larger story. Um, you know, it's a it's a first volume of Spicy Pulp Comics. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if you guys are into that, never heard of it. Ladies, sure. Um, next up, speaking of rising from your grave, like uh, uh, someone on Easter or uh, the Phoenix. Or something. <laughs> hey, remember we we talked about that book Second Coming that was supposed to be at sure. DC that Mark Russell was writing, but they canceled it because of uproar. Well, mm-hmm. it is coming. It finds a new publisher in the under the guise of Ahoy Comics, which I, is a comic company I have seen before, but I have no idea. I don't even think we even get any books from them. Um, so yeah, that book is getting life under a new publisher. So probably not going to be integrate it into the DC universe like it initially uh, <laughs> like it initially was supposed to. Uh, mm. It's been written by Mark Russell of uh, Wonder Twins, you know, uh, Flintstones, etc. Schneider was all those. And drawn by Richard Price. And again, looks like published by Ahoy Comics and still coming out this summer. And if you did not know, um, yeah, Jesus has a superstar roommate named Sunstar and learns what is was the Learns what has become of his gospel on the earth, which is probably slightly different from what it initially was with DC, but nevertheless. Yeah. Okay. Next, right, next up, uh, someone didn't exactly read the crowd correctly. Um, <laughs> and all right, mother or was, did. Skewered, <laughs> was skewered online um, by asking what Stanley would think of the current. The state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? You know, because it's not like Stanley has not been a part of said universe for. Yeah, he only just died. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you know, has everything been, has, that we see now, he had actually still had a hand in, right? And has actually come out and said, said, you know, how he felt about the MCU. So this crackpot, yeah, just wanted some attention, and he got it. Um, yep. And again, he's one of those comics great. Outright dumbasses. So look at me, look at me. Yeah, you know. We say about them the better. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's a name that we bring it up so you can stay away from them. Yep. Uh, including the rest of those clowns. Yep. eBay partners with Simone uh, and Stags for a female superhero store. So Gail Simone and uh, Cat Stags and eBay um, are starting up a. Female superhero centric online store called Superheroin uh, HQ. The store plans to offer thousands of comic books, collectibles, merchandise, including um, uh, uh, 8 point uh, CGC Wonder Woman number one, which I'm pretty sure that's what. Uh, uh, wait, yeah, it's probably Gail Simone's run. Um, a 9.9 Ms. Marvel number one, signed by Stan Lee. 
and actually, I don't know if that Wonder Woman was what or because we don't know what it is. But regardless, um, and there's a link so you can follow that link exactly. Um, and include an eBay exclusive variant cover of uh, Captain Marvel Braver and Mighty, which just came out like last month or so, something like that, or this month, yeah. anyway. So, yeah, you can go check that out, um, and see what see what that's, that's all about. Yeah, that Miss Marvel issue that uh, Roddy Cat was referring to is not Kamala, but the first Carol um, solo Miss Marvel book. Ah. And the Woman Woman is definitely not what I said it was. It's, it looks like it's from the 60s or something. Yeah, yeah. this is um, pretty it's, old. Yeah, and going for a lot. <laughs> That's pretty old. Yeah. That is uh, published. I'm looking for when that's published. So there's some pretty. There's a couple of vintage things, uh, vintage uh, comics that are that are there. Yeah, that is uh, September, summer of 1942. Oh uh, yes. So yes, that's that's pretty old. Yeah, and there's some other stuff here. There's a you know there's a Spider Woman, uh, Alpha. There's a bunch of uh, figurines and and whatnot. So there's a lot of stuff. You know. You can uh, you can get, which is cool. It's dope. Sure. I mean, anything like this that, you know, uh, kind of streamlines the process helps. Yeah. Looking know. for something specific. Exactly. You know, Especially if you are a, a, a collector, you know, who can't seem to find them in your um, local stores because of one reason or another. Mm-hmm. You know, there is that. So, Cool Beans, uh, before this autoplay thing starts, Jedi Fallen Order revealed scheduled for Star Wars Celebration. So, Celebration. Uh, Respawn is ready to reveal its next game. So, what? Oh, I thought you said something. So, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is the next game. Uh, is Respawn Entertainment, a.k.a. the folks who, that what gave you Titanfall and Titanfall 2. AKA uh, the same folks who are uh, who uh, made uh, Apex Legends, which is a big game now, and of course, uh, former Call of Duty um, the devs. So their pedigree is already out there, and they're they're doing a Star Wars game. I'm just going to assume it's going to be a first person shooter. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, <laughs> it would be out of the ordinary if it wasn't. Uh, although mm-hmm. it'd be something different, so that would be also cool. For response to this, but hey, their pedigree is a, is a first person shooter, so you go with what you know. Uh, by the way, X Legends, pretty good game for one of those games. So, anyway, um, so yeah, that's it. And like I said, uh, so Star Wars Celebration, which is coming up April 11th through the 15th, uh, there should be there, but we won't. Next, our last news story of the night. Um, is about Cosmo, the telepathic Russian cosmonaut space dog. Yes, Tavarich. Uh, you know, who, who's the security, uh, head of security on Nowhere, um, recruits a new Marvel Cosmic crew in June um, in the issue, in the, in the pages of Guardians of the Galaxy Annual uh, number one. Yep. And apparently Annual this... number one. Yeah, and apparently this um, this obviously is tied to the Guardians of the Galaxy number one, which uh, you right. know some things happened. Right. Yeah, a bunch of heroes got uh, pulled into a black hole, 
and not all of them came out. Yep. Uh, and we're going to see what happened to some of the other heroes that were in the worm, the the black hole, <laughs> wormhole. Now that's a different thing. Exactly. Although, hey, whenever. So yes, yeah, so, uh, look for that. That's coming out, and apparently, oh wait, no, that's right. No, I'm about to say, wait, it's too early for June solicits. What are you doing? So, but apparently, that's the thing that, that came out, and that is it, folks. Um, we have come to the end of the show. We have one more ad read. You got it. The last ad read is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. <laughs> and as we come to the end of this show for the week, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming out, whether auditorily or visually. Um, we will be back next week for this locality. So for myself, Rodicat, you can find me at Rodicat on uh, on Twitter. At that, you can find me at NewsNoseNeed on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Yeah, yeah all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Uh, uh, Pop Culture Network on Twitter. On, excuse me, Pop Culture Network on dot com. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. We don't want to just confuse that. Um, I need comics.com. All that is, is under the Pop Culture Network umbrella. And of course, Tim D O G G nine eight. You can find him at that on tw- uh, Twitter. You can find him at the Click Nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter. Theclicknation.com. And of course, Comic Resources CBR.com, where he's writing his face off. Again, we'll be back next week. More goodies, more comics, more laughs, more loves, all that kind of good mess. Uh, I guess. There is nothing to say in closing, but this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One.